three cinephiles have come together to bring you strong opinions, controversial statements, epic battles, and plenty of fun. Introducing our host, the man who watches 52 movies a week, drinks 52 beers a movie, loves women but hates the woman, from the foreign land of Canada, our host, Mood 616. He is widely known as the man who talks too much. His worst enemies are Postmaster P and Pee Wee Herman. He said Hellraiser was overrated and Leprechaun Origins wouldn't suck. He's the full-blooded half-Mexican, JP. Finally, we have the man who doesn't talk enough. He is best friends with Sean S. Cunningham. His favorite horror movie is Gummo. He is your favorite Jew and mine, Jeremy. Together, they are known for extending a helping hand to Vampircons everywhere. They are the 22 shots of moods and horror. Yes, yes, y'all. It's going down right now. Episode 26 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror is back in effect. Yes, I am your host, Mood616, and I've got my other host right next to me. We've got NES Ruler 22, also known as Jeremy, and we've got Double Shot J, also known as JP. What's what up, up? What's going on? Final Destination. Oh, man. Our first franchise show. I haven't watched these movies in years, man. It's going to be a this fun season. It's going to be a fun conversation. Should be. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've actually... I think the last time I watched a Final Destination film was when the last one came out. And that was 2011, I believe. That's the last time I watched them as well. I did a marathon when the fifth one came out. Yeah, I saw three, four, and five all in theaters. And that was the last time I watched them. So Mm -hmm. it's been a long time. Yeah, it was interesting revisiting the films, I got to say. so can't believe I was 12 and I was seeing Final Destination 3. (laughs) <laughs> not like such a such bad parroting i know and then you went to the amusement park right after didn't you yeah it's in vancouver actually we'll get into that yeah yeah at the peony um yeah so uh how was everyone's weeks exhausting man Ugh. so tiring i had so much shit to do but you know i figured out my argento paper and what i'm gonna do so that's good so i don't have to really worry about that well i still have to worry about it but but besides that, so much work, but mm-hmm. I'm exhausted. How about Shut- you, JP? I, I had a crazy week. My general manager got fired, and then my supervisor got fired. So I moved up to supervisor, which is kind of okay, I guess. Does that mean more money? It does mean more money, but it also means more to deal with, more responsibility, and more headaches and stress. Yeah, it's probably just more of a headache. I know the yeah. feeling. Being in those supervisor roles and, yeah, I mean, the money's never good enough for the headaches that you get from the fucking jobs. But, Absolutely. no, that's good news, though. That's good, though, man. You know, yeah, someone else's good. misery is your joy, so <laughs> it's always good. I mean, it's just the way the world works, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. I didn't really – my last week was, eh, nothing really exciting. You know, I was working long hours because we got fucking nobody at work. So I'm working 12s a couple days of the week and shit to fill in the void. Um, So I wasn't very happy about that. So I didn't really watch a lot of films this week besides the Final Destination films. And 12 others. No, I actually didn't watch a whole lot. I watched a a couple others, but yeah, I I watched the, the five Final Destination films. And it was just an odd week for me. I just so busy with a lot of things and yeah i'm kind of glad that we weren't doing um you know you know other type of reviews and stuff yeah it's kind of got got me to focus on the final destination films but it was good though it was good yeah i actually watched six movies total this week which is actually more than i normally watch so it's kind of opposite mm-hmm. with me i watched seven whoa 
I know, moving up. Two of those I still, giallos, so it's like, I still oh. think I watched ten total. <laughs> I think I watched five others, but, um, you know, one of them was a short film. It was only half an hour, which was Doll Boy. So, yeah, I don't know if that really counts. It's kind of cheating, but whatever. Counts as a half. Counts as a half film. Yeah, it was a quick little watch. Um, oh, so yeah. you're watching other short films, but you still haven't watched Treevenge, which I recommended last <laughs> Christmas. Yeah, Treevenge you know, is fucking awesome. You know, when I completely forgot about that. I should check that out. I should you check have out to watch soon. it by this December. How about that? Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sounds cool. It sounds very interesting, so I'll definitely have to check that out. That's what you said last time. <laughs> you got to remind me, man. I got a bad memory. I'm, I'm the old guy. I'm the old fart here, so memory's not so good anymore. You are pretty old. You're going to be 35, aren't you? No, I'm going to be 34 this Friday. This Friday. So, yeah, about five days away. And and I'm almost approaching my mid-30s. So, yeah, that's that's actually very – yeah, it's making me feel real old, actually. But. (laughs) how old you are. You are pretty old. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I guess – we got some news, JP. But you can still out drink everyone, so it's all right. <laughs> it has it been established that yeah. persons who have recently died have been returning to life. Death in yeah, we have some news. Uh, once again, I think, what, four weeks in a row that the news has been pretty lacking. There's really not – I'm, like, really reaching here to grab topics. Uh, first yeah, up – yeah, I know. I was actually, I didn't, you know, usually, you know, people kind of report on certain things and stuff, and I didn't hear anything this week. Yeah, I heard something today. If you don't say it, I'll say it. Yeah. All right. So, uh, first up, we just have a little update on the Prometheus sequel. Ridley Scott says there's going to be no xenomorphs in it. So, what the fuck's xenomorphs? Are those the fucking aliens? Yes, those are the aliens. You should know That's this. interesting. I know I should know them. I watch all the fucking movies. Uh, yeah so i mean i really liked prometheus i thought it was cool but i am one who didn't care that it didn't have much to do with the alien franchise it it was like kind of a spinoff and i know a lot of people were it seems like the people that didn't like prometheus all were expecting an alien film i was super hyped for that movie i mean i saw that film the night i graduated high school that was how hype i was to go see that movie and it just um, I have to rewatch it. Let's just say that so I really didn't like it the first time I watched it. So maybe I'm just being salty about it. I have to rewatch it or something. Prometheus is like a Rob Zombie film. Everybody has an opinion about it. So that was so mixed too. A lot of people really do like it. A lot of people fucking hate it. What did you so, think? I li- I enjoyed it. You know, for what it was. Um, I know that there's there is some holes in that film and certain things, but. You know, I don't know, man. I I enjoyed it. I think, like I said before, I kind of knew going into it that it wasn't exactly going to be, you know, a fucking full-blown alien film. Yeah. Yeah. So I wasn't, you know, devastated with the product after I watched it. So, like, unlike some people, man, it's just like, (laughs) it's like the end of the world for certain people. But They got sand in their vaginas. Oh, yeah. There was a lot of blowback on that film. Totally, man. Yeah. It's just, wow. Yeah, same. I liked it. I thought it was cool. I liked the concept of 
of uh, you know what if what if God uh, isn't nice you know kind of like that that was kind of interesting um, yeah and uh, next up we have Aaron Paul he's going to be in another horror movie I, I'm, I'm pretty sure the only horror movie I know that he was in was the Last House on the Left remake Correcto Mundo okay that's of course uh, Jesse from Breaking Bad you know super iconic role as of now. Uh, I, I'm sure everybody loves Breaking Bad, but he's going to be in a film. It's going to be uh, produced by Miramax, and it is about uh, a. It's called The Ninth Life of Louis Drax, and he plays a father who becomes the target of a criminal investigation when his son suffers a near fatal accident. It's a supernatural thriller, and filming is underway. Miramax, you don't see that very often. Huh. Interesting. Can't even like think of the last Miramax movie besides the new Sin City that came out. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. It, I, I'm. I can't remember. I don't have it written down. I must have missed it. But I want to say that this is the film that Ale- Alexander Aja's next film. Oh, Hills Have Eyes remake guy. <clears throat> Among other things. And high tension. Hmm. So yeah, um, you know, I'm not really super interested in supernatural thriller when that title gets when that genre gets thrown out. Uh, it's you know I'm a horror guy, but I, it sounds it like does, a drama to be completely honest. Yeah, it kind of walks hand in hand with horror, but I mean, uh, I'm more of a full you know blown horror guy instead of the supernatural thriller type guy. Yeah. So yeah. Hmm. Next up, we have uh, Mike Mendez, who directed uh, Big Ass Spider. Spider. <laughs> I, I think I heard somebody say this, but I think it should have been called Big Ass Spider. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> oh, is, this the, is he making like a tarantula volcano movie? Yes, I, don't, I believe it was Adam Green who said it should have been called Big Ass Spider. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just so fun to say Big Ass Spider. Yeah, it's actually Way hard better. to say Big Ass Spider, like Big Ass Spider. <laughs> Yeah, big ass spider is easy it's to not, say. It's not that hard if you're white, though. You know, it's just big ass spider. You know, <laughs> I'm gonna stick with big uh, ass spider. Big ass spider does sound a lot better. And like you gotta admit that would have looked cooler on the poster, right? I mean, big ass spider. <laughs> yeah, man. I actually still need to see that movie. Yeah, but I've actually heard, you know, obviously these type of movies, these like sci-fi clone original films. Uh, I'm not sure if Big Ass Spider was for the Sci-Fi Channel or not, but it's one of those type of yeah. films. But I have heard that it actually is um, on a higher uh, pedestal than you would normally put those films. I heard that it, that it offered a little something more than, than your typical sci-fi original. So is it just budget then? I don't know. I, maybe directing. I, I do know Mike Mendez uh, was – I think I, – I know I heard his name before. I'm pretty sure he did some work back in the 80s or 90s or something. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was hmm. directing and just overall more put into it because we know those films are just you know n- not thought out. Just, yeah, they're just cheap, shitty films yeah. usually. Yeah, pumped yeah. out one after another and maybe Mike Mendez put a little bit more uh, – heart into it and maybe that's why it was a little better i haven't seen it yet but anyway jeremy is right it's called lava lantula <laughs> lava lantula yeah a tarantula a giant tarantula come from a volcano 
uh, burning shit up. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Lava Lancha? That is, oh, wow. That's I know, too dude. good. I mean, too good. They, they, I wonder, the guys who come <laughs> up with the names, they probably have, like, a whole group of people that are like, all right, you know, Sharknado, Lava Lancha. Like, well, they probably, probably have a team of board. guys just coming up with names that yeah. can crack you up. Yeah, they probably, probably have, like, basically. a week. They probably just have like a wheel with all these words on it and they just be like, okay, time to spin the wheel. Like wheel forger and see what comes up and that's what they're going to name their movie. Yeah, definitely. Um, so oh, this God, is a sci-fi good. original creature feature. Uh, shooting is underway in Los Angeles. Look for the film in 2015. You know what? I am going to be looking for that. Oh, I know you are. Oh, I got to see this. That's so stupid. <laughs> that's awesome. Ah. Uh, Yes. Oh, is it being made for the Sci-Fi Channel? Yes, it is a Sci-Fi original. Okay, that's what I thought you said. Awesome. So it's going to be like you know the same quality actors as Sharknado. So we're going to have like Ian Zarin and Tara Reid in there and stuff. Probably. Man, oh Tara Reid. Oh, she is horrible. I can't like. How did they even bring her back for the sequel? Have you guys actually seen Sharknado 2 yet? I haven't even seen Sharknado yeah, 1. Yeah, I haven't even seen Sharknado 1 either. Oh, you guys haven't seen the first one? I own it. Why the fuck would I waste my time watching that? I don't know, Jeremy, because it's do just you own fun. It? It's just fun. Do, do I own yeah, it? Why, why no, do you I, own it if you're not going to watch it? I don't own it. I own it. Oh. But, yeah, it's... Oh, my God. There I'm going to watch There's it. some parts in that movie that are actually, like, laugh-out-loud hilarious parts. It's so stupid. But, uh, so... Yeah, I still haven't seen the second one. Gotta check it out. The well, the third one's on its way, so... <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I'll see it before the third one drops. <laughs> okay, so next up we have... This one actually is a bit interesting to me. It's called The Hatching. And this is about uh, some teenage boarding school buddies who break out of their dorms one night and go steal some crocodile eggs in a nearby <laughs> zoo. Uh, one of the friends gets killed. Fifteen years later, our main character moves back to that town uh, where the eggs must have hatched, uh, you know, wherever he left them. And now there is, you know, a a crocodile, uh, you know, attacking the town. Uh, I love some, you know, animal attack movies and especially crocodiles and stuff like that and alligators. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. Who knows what, uh, <laughs> you know. If it's going to be good or if it's just going to be like another sci-fi type type movie. There hasn't been – what was the last really good like croc slash alligator film that actually came out? It's been I, a while since one's one actually came, came out. out. From Australia? Prey, oh, I Rogue? Think. No, Rogue. That was it. Yeah. Rogue? I think that you one know, was pretty good. You know, to be honest, Rogue was, was actually pretty good. Um yeah, I have to say, like, I was pretty impressed with the, uh, you know, the croc, even though it was CGI, but it looked pretty good. Yeah, there was also one from Toby Hooper, right? Back in the 2000s? Yeah, I'm talking about, like, the most recent one. Yeah, that one actually came out in 2000, I think. Mm, it's old. There's a good one, uh, another Australian one, uh, Dark Dark Water or Dark something. Yeah. Black Water, something like that. Black Water. I thought that one was pretty all right. <laughs> yeah, actually, I, I I have that movie, too. It's, uh, yeah, man. Ugh. You didn't the like idea it. Of that film. No, it's good. It's good. Just the idea would be devastating. Oh yeah, it's so it's, terrible to be stuck in like that situation. Reef. It is exactly like the reef with oh, the rock. Yeah, dark waters. Oh, yeah. you're well, talking the same about the two people that are so. stranded out in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, well, they're kind of caught like in the yeah. It's yeah, it's yeah. like it's in Australia, right? It's like so they're stuck in like the marshland or something. 
Yeah. Did they make a fucking sequel to that movie? I don't think so. Really? I don't I think so. I swore they just, made a Dark Waters too. I'm just so surprised though with you know with all these sci-fi films that have been coming out, these shark films and and whatnot, the these tarantula cano films and shit. I'm surprised that more you know crocodile films haven't been coming out because I mean if you look at you know the, the history of horror, there's tons of them actually, but not so many recently. It's interesting. Yeah, I, I'm actually pretty sure that the uh, this film, this uh, hatching film isn't a sci-fi film this is actually just like a killer crocodile film so that gives me hope you know the quality Mm -hmm. of it is either going to be solid or like sci-fi style and i'm hoping for solid yeah cool yeah that that piques my interest man because like i said it's been a while since i've seen one so yeah yeah, and also they they did release posters for that for it to uh one sheets and uh the posters look good they don't look you know like sci-fi ish so uh, I do like the title too, the hatching. Yeah, it's cool. Cool. Yep. So uh, next up, we have uh, the film The Keep. There is a man trying to make a documentary about the making of, and he, I, I believe, he got funding now, so he's going to be making it. He said with the director's cut of Nightbreed, it inspired him, and ideally, he would love to see this documentary released alongside a proper release of The Keep. Um, huh. Yeah, I mean, seriously, when is that movie actually going to come out? I was uh, thinking the same thing. Well, Paramount yeah, it, owns the rights, so we all know Paramount and how they love horror. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. You know, it, it's interesting that, um, you know, Michael Mann being such a huge director now that this film does not have a release. Like, what is the story with it? I mean, it's even on, I know it's on American Netflix and stuff. Can and only get it on LaserDisc and VHS, man. Yep. Yeah, it's real. It's odd that it's on Netflix and stuff, and it just doesn't have a an official release, DVD release or Blu-ray release. But I don't know. I always thought that was interesting. Um, have you guys ever seen The Keep before? I have not. I have not either. It's a really, it's a weird film. It's different. Yeah, it's hard for me to see things that aren't on DVD. Because mm-hmm. I I don't like to stream that much, and I don't like to like rent that much. And I don't buy many VHSs unless I see mm-hmm. them somewhere. If I seen a copy of the Keep like at a Goodwill or something, I would definitely grab it because yeah, I still laser have a VHS player. The Laserdisc is hella, hella, hella rare. Not hella, hella, hella rare, but it's pretty rare. You know, you're probably going to fetch about fifty bucks if you want to get yourself a copy of it. But damn, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's sought well, after though, though it's in demand. It always sells for you know forty, <laughs> fifty bucks whenever it pops up. But yeah, like I said, JP, if you ever you know, in the mood for streaming one day, it is on American Netflix. So I've seen it on there. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, I, I think that, uh, we all know that, um, this is just one of many, many films that are owned by big studios that just have not been put out. Like Paramount, I'm sure has tons of, uh, you know, classic, uh, films that need release that have never been put out. I know Lionsgate owns the rights to a lot of them. And it sucks that these companies won't work with people like Scream Factory. Mm-hmm. I have one movie that I want to see. That's not horror. I've been like waiting forever to see, uh, Skate Town USA. It has Patrick Swayze in it. It hasn't been released on VHS. Nothing. You can only, only way you can watch is on 35 millimeter. And I really want to watch that movie for some stupid reason, but it's not released anywhere on anything. But hmm. I think Paramount owns the rights to that one. All Their right. vault is probably just 
packed fucking spewing out with films yeah Yeah, i would actually be curious to see like a master list of like all the horror films that paramount owns Mm -hmm. i'm sure they're out there it's actually not hard to find you know uh the right who owns the rights to films i mean anybody could kind of kind of look it up through through the internet so um i always Mm -hmm. like doing that when i hear a film that that hasn't been released i like to try to track down who has the rights and and it either lets me know like if scream factory has a chance to get it or most likely they it's just you know nobody's gonna get it mm-hmm. so uh next up we have um summer of blood this is a dark sky release um it's about a guy who gets dumped by his girlfriend he begins online dating he is like naturally bit by a vampire <laughs> and it turns turns him into a undead lady killer so yeah oh, that <laughs> sounds just, like shit it just sounds so obvious but i don't know i mean the thing is hmm. like if done right it could be amazing like think about the first scene um in the maniac remake you can make a whole movie out of that about a, a crazy dude who like you know is getting online dates and, and murdering them in their in their house uh, throw mm-hmm. a vampire in there and you have something there but I just know that it's it's not going to be done uh, with uh, care and you know you, you really got to be skilled to make it work so yeah mm-hmm. um, yeah it's one of those films I think that uh, can go either way for sure for sure and considering nobody has really heard anything about it and it hits VOD October 17th it's probably not worth the rent yeah that comes out pretty soon too yeah, so Summer of Blood, Dark Sky Films. Family video buck fifty, I'll buy it. <laughs> but then to be honest though, like Dark Sky, they do put out some pretty damn good films though. Agreed. They do. They do. Yeah. So I mean, I will give them that right there. So uh, it might be I mean, worth it's something but... that I'm not going to avoid. I'll see if yeah. I get it. But I mean I'm not gonna seek it out, is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so uh next up, this is a bit of uh sad news. And apparently, in the Halloween box set, there is a sync issue with the audio. Uh, we have talked about the body bags release and that sync issue. So this is the second release by Scream Factory slash Anchor Bay that uh, is having some sync problems. Um, yeah, that's unfortunate. I remember when Halloween Four came out, uh, just the uh, or the Blu-ray, the Anchor Bay Blu-ray came out. Um, what three years ago, or whatever it was, four years ago. Um, no, it was only there was like a, a year ago. Yeah, it was like a year ago. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> no, it had to have been longer. Well, whatever. No, you got, it was, no, it was last ago, October. Yeah. Was it? Anyways, the point is is that there was apparently issues with that um, Halloween 4 sync issue too um, at, at the same part in the film. Yes. Between, I think, 45 minutes, minutes and 30 seconds into the film. So so I today took the liberty because I, cause I remember back in the day when I got it. The first thing I did obviously was last get, year. Back in the <laughs> back in the last year. He's um, old, you have to remember. <laughs> so the first thing I did is I checked the sync problem in the Anchor Bay edition and mine was fine. So of course today when I heard that, I actually popped out the movie I was watching, grabbed my Halloween disc, and checked my box set disc, and it's fine. It's fine. And and it's fine. Um, there's no sync issues at all. I watched for 20 minutes. I, I, I started watching about 40 minutes and I watched till about an hour and there's nothing in there. It's completely fine. 
Um, and apparently they were saying it's worse than the other one. Yes, and they are saying there's, it's worse. And it's not. So now what I'm thinking is because when I saw the report on Bloody Disgusting, they were showing the 10-disc edition as the box set. So I'm wondering if there's different discs that were used in that mm. box set compared to the 15-disc because every report I've seen was the 10-disc. Wait, wait, now, wait, wait. There's people that bought the 10-disc? For $80? What the fucking point was that? Dude, it's going for just as much as the fifteen. I understand what the fuck it's people the are doing with that. It's the most ridiculous thing ever. But anyways, the point is, I seen the picture and it, it kind of got me thinking, and I was like, well, I wonder if it's just in this box set because I found I, I noticed another odd thing about the box set today too. So I was going through the discs, and this is actually really fucking weird. So I was flipping through the disc, and I noticed on the Rob Zombie remake, the first one, the disc art. And it's actually the disc art from Australia. And no shit, it even says on the on the disc art, it has the Australian um, ratings logo. And it even says Region B locked. It's wow. the exact from the fucking disc. So if you want to go check that out. You're the first really person odd. I heard talk, like point that out. That's okay. interesting. Okay, so this is really fucking bizarre. So, after, yeah, so when I was checking out the Halloween 4, I checked out. I was looking through all the discs, just curious. And then, you know, I was about an hour later, I was watching uh, um, Hella Chris's uh, update today. He fucking pointed that out on his update. <laughs> Oddly enough, I was like, dude, I just fucking noticed that myself. It's fucking so random. But yeah, so he obviously noticed, too. So he was doing some investigative reporting also. But what is the deal with that? Why would they have the Australian disc art on that release? I don't know. Explain, dude. Explain, That's a little weird. To me. It is weird because where does that even come from? I yeah, mean, if it's Anchor it's not Bay. Like, why the fuck do they have like? I know, like I'm saying, like the Rob Zombie discs that we've bought before and stuff don't look like that. I mean, I'm fucking confused, man. Unless they were like so leftover confused. stock or something, but that doesn't make any fucking sense. It it is really odd, and and you know, so I didn't pop in my disc, but apparently Chris said that he actually did pop in his disc just to make sure it wasn't region locked, and he said it worked fine. Because apparently his Blu-ray player is not region-free, so it's just the, it's just what's printed on the disc. Very odd, isn't it? Yeah, that is so odd. weird. I mean, it's not yeah. an issue or anything, but it's just no, no, no. It's a little weird. It's just, it's just a little quirky thing about the box set that yeah, that no one had noticed. Hmm. So, very weird. <clears throat> yeah. So I haven't opened my Halloween box set yet. Um, maybe that it's only certain discs that are defective. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe maybe there are a few that that are out there that ha- have actual uh, sync yeah. issues. I hope mine I mean, isn't. Yeah, it, it's very odd that both of my Halloween four Blu-rays are fine. So I mean, so, I have had sync issues with other discs. Like my um, Puppet Master two and three Blu-rays are halfway through Puppet Master two, it goes out of sync, and I think like all of the third disc is like it. That too. would drive me fucking insane. Yeah, it, I can't. Which I've heard from. So I asked other people that have that, you know, that full moon box set, uh, the three pack, and they said theirs were fine. So I obviously got like a shitty one. And yeah, maybe I just got lucky with these Halloweens. I don't fuck know. you, Charlie Band. Yeah. I mean, Show fuck shit. the box The box set, the three Blu ray box set was fucking 10 bucks. <laughs> so it's crazy. But whatever. But yeah, that Halloween thing is bizarre. So. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'll definitely look at mine because I'm curious. I actually don't remember my original Anchor Bay uh, Blu-rays from back in the day uh, being it, having sync issues either. So, yeah, but if they did have sync issues, you would rem- you would remember. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Sure. So I might be like you and not have 
um, any sync issues with my uh, old Anchor Bay discs. I don't uh, have any sync issues. So. Yeah. So um, Scream Factory did make a statement, uh, Anchor Bay and Scream Factory. They said, um, please stay tuned. They are digging deeper into the audio sync issues, and they will update you with any news as soon as we can. What the fuck are they going to investigate? Uh, to see if there's any discs. I, I would assume if if it's not because if it was every disc, they I mean they they should have caught it. So obviously it's not every disc if they if they're mm-hmm. digging deeper into mm-hmm. it. So they're probably you know cycling through discs to see if they can figure out if it's uh, real or not. And then also, I'm I'm assuming what they'll do is if if they are defective, maybe they'll uh, send replacement discs for H4. That happened to me with Halloween 2, the Universal the Mustafa Cod uh, name yeah. removal. Yep. Yeah. But I, I still have that. I still have the original disc because yeah, that's cool. That's a yeah. that's a that's a rare piece right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so yeah. Yep. That about wraps it up for the Scream Factory talk, which they have been really quiet lately. Yeah, too quiet. Hey, there was a Nightbreed unboxing today, and I have to I say that, that that looks sexy as hell. It does. It does. I want it. Hmm. I'm not buying it. The though. the uh, the fucking sixty or eighty dollar one. Yeah, yeah. It's it has two uh, cases, <clears throat> two cases, and, and the theatrical cut is on a Blu-ray. I know we talked about that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's cool though. Yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, the next bit of news is about a film called Killer Rack. The cover art to this one is really awesome looking. Uh, it's it's uh, finished filming. It's about a young Please woman. Please tell me it's about a killer gun rack. <laughs> no. You bought no. me a gun rack no. and I don't even own a gun. A uh, gun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a little Wayne's World there. Uh, no, it is about a woman who discovers her brand new breast implants are made. Oh, it's I just so this. obvious. It's so obvious. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that one actually – I'm hearing that it, this one should be fun. I, there's there's a little bit of hype around it. Killer right. breast implants, really? Yeah. <laughs> They're man-eating monsters, dude. I mean, a double feature of Killer Rack and Teeth. Come on. Yeah, but that totally. You know that. You know the Killer Rack was eventually coming. Yeah, yeah. for sure. What about Bad Biology, man? Oh, Bad Biology is so funny. <laughs> oh, that movie's ridiculous. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, after teeth, you know, teeth in a vagina, you have to have killer breast implants. Of course you do. That is a really good double feature. Mm-hmm. Shit. Mm. Uh, so yeah, this film uh, will be completed in early 2015. They call that the Anna Nicole Smith double feature right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So next up, uh, IFC Midnight. We I remember mentioning that they picked this film up uh, last season during the show. Uh, it's a film called Witching and Bitching. Uh, this yeah. is slated for home video October 14th, so we have a release date for that. Nice, nice, nice. Hmm. Getting back to work. Phew. Yeah, cool. Does anybody know when their film called Beneath is hitting DVD? I've been looking forward to that one. IFC Midnights. Uh, no. Jeremy? I have not either. You know what I'm talking about, <laughs> about the coal miners like trapped underground. No, yeah. that sounds fucking awesome. Yeah, I know. That sounds like right up my alley. I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's on VOD right now, but I've seen yeah, we, picked it we, up. We talked about this last season. And yeah. Remember we got on the subject of like, how can this awesome concept have such a shitty name? 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck, man? It's well, horrible. The reason I bring that up is because I remember actually talking about witching and bitching and beneath in the same uh, piece of news because IFC picked up both of those. So I figured that when witching and bitching comes out, then beneath should come out, but still no word yet. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> hmm. Yeah. So the next little piece of news is MPI's Gorgon video re- will release the film uh, Evils of the Night on DVD. You guys familiar yeah. with this one? No, I'm uh, not. The film I'm not familiar with, but I know the company, and I know it's like an obscure 80s flick, so... Yeah, it actually Gid- sounds giddy up. cool. I, I like the I like these obscure '80s ones out there. Um, basically, a gang of alien scientists uh, are you know getting blood from horny teens, <laughs> camping out near their secret lab. Uh, it has veteran Hollywood uh, adult film ad- actresses um, <laughs> in it. I, uh, who are they? Uh, Amber Lynn and Crystal Breeze. No, oh, Amber Lynn's in that movie? Nice. Yeah. Um, sounds pretty crazy, and it's from 1985, so should be oh, fun. I'll, I'll probably beautiful. grab this one. Yeah, it comes out on DVD October 14th, 2014. Yeah, I think the pre-orders are up on Diabolic DVD, and they're cheap, too. I think they're only like 14 bucks for it, so... Uh, it is pretty cheap. That's a pretty decent price for that, so... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the plot of this <clears throat> film sounds like it can only come from the 80s anyway. <laughs> Yeah, that's why we all love the 80s. <laughs> sure do. Uh, next up, we have, I th- believe this is actually the last piece of news. Uh, the latest possession film, Speak No Evil, arrives on DVD, Digital HD, and uh. December 2nd from Lionsgate Home Entertainment. After all the children in the town become possessed by a demon, one uh. woman will do whatever it takes to save her daughter. It sounds like everything else. Fucking kill me now. It sounds like everything else. How why many more possession films do there has to fucking be, man? Seriously. Can't they just, like, go away? I don't even like possession films, so it it, like, it really annoys me when I just see them all the time. Every week ha- there's another possession film. They have to be the easiest films to make or something because they're just, like, There's, like, one the coming mark- out every month. Dude, Adam know, Green's next film insane. is a possession film. Fuck. It's unbelievable, man. But I have faith. Yeah, in him. they're they're like the good ones are like a diamond in a rough too. You know, there's so many bad ones. I honestly I don't really watch a lot of these newer possession films because, in my opinion, they seem to be all quite similar. Um, yeah, it's they're not fun. They're not fun at all. Yeah, yeah I never so. watch them. I try to avoid them. I mean, possession, exorcism, haunted houses, it's all the same to me, and it's all really draining. I don't even like hearing about them. I mean, the only time I'll see them is when one comes out and everybody's talking about it. Then I'm like, all right, this is this is one that I'm going to check out down the mm-hmm. road. Yeah. So that was it for the news? That is it for the news. Wait, you didn't say what I knew. What did you know? So, from the reports that came out today, um, Clerks 3 became funded because of Tusk's uh, box office earnings, according to Kevin Smith. So, Clerks 3 is going to get made because Tusk pretty much funded it. So, wow. Clerks 3 is coming. So. so, Tusk is doing, or 
did that well or is doing that well? Is it still in or is it just no, limited? I think it's out now, but it only lasted a week. But I guess it made enough money to help him find <clears throat> Clerks 3. Well, wow. I know why I missed that news. Why? Because it's not horror. Well, a horror movie funded him. Another movie. Yeah, I wonder if Tusk is a horror movie though, because I'm hearing, I'm hearing, I heard a uh, a review that said uh, Kevin Smith gets one step closer to making a horror film. <laughs> well, I mean, I think the idea is kind of you know changing a man into a walrus. Yeah, it's kind of you know a Jewish <laughs> So you know, it's it, I guess it's still there. Is Red know. State a horror I, film? I'm really no. excited. I'm really excited to see Tusk though. It sounds interesting. I wouldn't say Red State is, you know, a a horror film per se, but I definitely think it's in the genre. Yeah, you could fit it in there somewhere, I think. But it's not like a full blown straight up horror film. Yeah. By any means. So yeah, definitely not. Uh so, so yeah, yeah, that that is it for the news. Anything else, Jeremy? Nope, sorry, that was non horror, I thought it was. No, no, no. <laughs> we talk about Kevin Smith and stuff. I was just busting your balls, man. That's All right. okay. So, yeah, Mood Swings. New releases for September 30th, which is just dismal. It's dry this week. I think oh, they should have so pushed, the, pushed the Saw and Exorcist box set to this week. I think they would have sold more copies and avoided that Halloween set. You know what's funny? I didn't even see either set out. I saw the Exorcist I saw the at Exorcist Walmart. One. I didn't yeah, see Walmart. the set. I don't think my Walmart even put anything out from last Tuesday. My Walmart there was pissing me off. There wasn't one release from last week that was actually out. I was like, the fuck? I was like, where is Weir? I wanted to go pick up Weir, but not fucking there. Four ninety nine so, at Family Video. Where is the werewolf yeah. movie? Damn. $34.99? Holy shit. Um, yeah, it, it, sounds, it sounds interesting. Uh, September 30th. <clears throat> Uh, releases so we've got which i made a joke about last week of course the first one on this list here is the paranormal diaries fuck me they're just putting putting a word all they're doing now is just making up shit after paranormal so so it was paranormal captivity and now it's this one paranormal diaries every week diaries told you every week these come out we should start watching them every week See what happens. <laughs> Just do a weekly segment on the newest well, paranormal yeah. film. It's like it's uh, like the paranormal film this week, guys, is the paranormal diaries. Yep, the paranormal diapers, more like it. <laughs> Fuck, Jesus, like, they, that's that's all they're doing, man. You know, paranormal diaries. Fucking, ah, oh, give me a break. It's so overplayed. Um, if anybody has any interest out there, which I, you probably don't, but that one is coming out this Tuesday. Um, we have another, which is like a DVD release, um, of Bloodwood Cannibals in Wake the Witch. What the fuck kind of title is that? that. (laughs) Yeah, I was interested in this one too. It's It's like you need another breath to say the title. (laughs) Yeah, it's a dumb. (laughs) That was a good one. (laughs) Bloodwood Cannibals and Wake the Witch, of course. Um, it's put out by Eagle One Media. So never heard of yeah. Them. yeah, yeah. I'm thinking the quality's probably, but who knows? I don't know. Um, yeah. So if anyone's interested in that, and then we've got Gremlins, the 30th anniversary Diamond Edition Blu-ray, Diamond Lux Edition, Diamond Lux Edition. Yes. Um, what? So what's the difference? On Is this, this 4K? One? Um, That's the only thing I would assume would be different. 
<laughs> yeah. It, it's funny. It actually doesn't say anywhere if it is. So I, I'm assuming it probably is, but no. But yeah. So if anyone wants to pick up Gremlins, the Diamond Lux edition, 30th, 30th anniversary. Holy well, fuck. I would consider it considering I, I've not picked up the first Blu-ray that they released. I mean, I, if I seen it for cheap, I'm, I would grab it. It is my favorite Christmas horror movie. So I see, I see that original Gremlins Blu-ray in the dump in at Walmart. Yeah, all same, the time. seven, same eight, eight. Yep. Yeah. Um, next up, we've got uh, Leprechaun Origins on Blu-ray and DVD. Um, heard nothing but shit about this one. Oh my god! For, I'm saving it for the show. Yeah. So, which oddly enough, they released this, and then you know, of course, the box set comes out too. I saw it um, today at Walmart. I was going to buy it. It was out a day early. Yeah, it was when you said that you seen it. I was like, that's interesting. But yeah, so the complete collection Leprechaun, which I seen an overview. I was watching a video the other day, and I seen an overview of it, and it's just so fucking generic, though. It like, is generic, but there are special features, which I, I wasn't even expecting. From the well, reviews that I've read, I heard Leprechaun 4 looks the best, which blew my fucking mind. Well, that film needs the help, so it makes sense. <laughs> so, yeah, I think all the special... I think the only Leprechaun film from the DVD releases that had special features was Back to the Hood. And I think those are on there. There's a, there's a bunch of new features and stuff, but, like, you know, of course there's no... There's barely any features for the first film. There's two commentaries, right? For well, I meant like featurettes or anything. Like, there's nothing. Nothing. The, is there not? There might be a couple commentaries, but I don't think there's like any like major um, special features for the first film, which is disappointing, you know. And it was funny because the guy that was doing the the unboxing for it, he said something on the lines of, you know, maybe it has something to do with they just couldn't clear it with Jennifer Aniston and stuff. Oh, actually, there is a making of featurette on Leprechaun One and Two. It's both films. Yeah. yeah, on on disc one, there's a there's a featurette that features making ofs of Leprechaun one and two, and then the same thing, there's a featurette making of featurette on disc two, featuring Leprechaun three and four. <laughs> That's interesting. So there's like a little mini featurette for like two films. Well, yeah. I think it's just like <clears throat> like because both films are on one disc. I bet you it's like broken up. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean. He, you know, I think there's more special features for like the hood films than anything else, which well, I find newer, interesting. You know, I would assume. I mean, yeah, it makes sense, but I mean, people want. I think that more people would probably want special, more special features for like the first film. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, there's I mean, about the same one, more... one on each. Yeah, um, but yeah, like the whole box had three discs, um, but like it's four, funny discs. four discs, four discs, yeah. There's a disc for each of the first six films and yeah origins has its own um but it's funny like all the menus are the exact same yeah that's you know, it's that it's it's that picture that's on the cover of the box set <laughs> on all the menus yeah. everything looks the same and i'm just like holy crap it just says not like really the disc on the bottom it. it's like uh. yeah so not a whole lot and actually the, the menus are set up funny too you got to kind of click on things to get to certain things and it's just a, it's a very odd kind of setup box set but um i think the prices i think yeah, I don't know. It's saying, I think it's solid because you're getting a brand new film, mm-hmm. which is regular twenty dollars. You know, it's twenty five bucks at Best Buy. Twenty five at Best Buy. Yeah, it's, it says thirty four on Amazon right yeah, now. Yeah, twenty five at Best Buy. Crazy. Okay. Yeah, twenty. Still not that is... bad. Seven films. Eh, not bad. 
Uh, next up, of course, we have a film because we are approaching October, and it's called Grave Halloween. I wonder what that one's about. Yeah. Uh, Grave Encounters, but takes place on Halloween. It looks ghostly. The cover looks ghostly, just like all the other ghostly covers, and I avoid these <laughs> ghostly covers. I really do. When I see a ghostly cover with a little girl standing far away with, like, shadows and ghostly <laughs> looking, I avoid it. Like, hardcore avoid Avoided, like, ghostly the covers. Well, and, I mean, another... Another thing to avoid with the release is, you know, it's put out by Anchor Bay. Oh. <laughs> they seem to put out a bunch of garbage now, but I thought that was kind of funny. All garbage, funny. actually. Um, next up here, we got a movie called American Muscle. Um, I don't even know what to think of this one. doesn't really. <laughs> wow. It doesn't really look like a horror film, but who knows? Put out by Wellgo USA. Oh. Interesting. But, yeah, and then, yeah, that's it. That's on DVD and Blu-ray, so that's all I got. JP, do you got some more? Uh, yeah, I got a, a few. Um, there, should be, there should be more. Interview with the Vampire is getting a... I, I think it was already on Blu-ray, but it, I guess it's getting another release. Yeah, I believe it was on Blu-ray. Yeah, then there is a couple ghostly cover ones. We have Delivery, The Beast Within. Uh, that looks like some sort of pregnancy possession Rosemary's Baby ripoff. Oh. <laughs> what is our what is our favorite genre turning into, guys? Ghostly. There's, there's nothing but shit. Oy. The second ghostly cover is The Last Light, an Irish ghost story. Oh, that could be interesting. It's Irish. Like Leprechaun. Yeah, yeah like Leprechaun. Uh, then we have a Redemption release. Uh, this is the last step down plus the ultra rare underground shocker bloodlust. Really, it's actually a redemption release. Yeah, it's. It, I think it's DVD only, and its price is like twenty seven ninety eight on Amazon. Oh, that's a that's a DVD only. Yeah, they do that sometimes. They put out these DVD only releases. And it says still buy moods or no? No, I don't actually. You only get the Blu-rays. It says a dark erotica double feature. Yeah, that's interesting because I've never even seen that on Diabolic and they usually have those up on there. So, huh. Uh, I know what you did last summer is getting a uh, Blu-ray release. I'm pretty sure it's already on Blu-ray. So I, don't know. I, think it, I think it has a Sony release and now it's getting released by Milk Creek. Oh, great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this, this is on here, but I, I don't know if this is horror. It's called Krull. K-R-U-L-L. Crawl. It's more like a. That's Mill like, Creek too. It's, it's not a horror film. No. It's um, kind of more like fantasy, really. Yeah, it looks like fantasy, like Beastmaster-ish type stuff. Yeah, Crawl's Crawl's cheesy as hell, but it's a fun fucking movie, man. I like it. Eighties um, goodness. Yep, yep. And then we have a couple more. We have a two pack featuring Bloodwood Cannibals and Wake the Witch. I already said that. Oh, did you? Yes, I did. All right. My bad, my bad. Uh, wait, I thought... Never mind, never mind. Okay, then we have a four-pack with Chernobyl Diaries, The Apparition, The Devil Inside, and The Right. All shitty yeah, brothers besides Chernobyl Diaries. Yeah, that's... I think that's it. That's actually the only film in there I've even seen. Is Chernobyl Diaries. 
actually skipped right over that one. Yeah, so that, I, I think that's it for the releases. I know, I know that there is some more, but I just oh, there actually is, and I'm for, I'm blanking on it. It's uh, Killer Fish. I forget who's putting it out. <laughs> uh, it's Scorpion. Scorpion. That's right. Yeah, that's one of them. I know there's some more too, but uh, yeah, Killer Fish is coming out, which is awesome. That's a great release by Scorpion. So yeah, actually, Scorpion's been dropping tons of films lately. It's crazy. They've been busy. Looking yeah. forward to some more. They're, they've got so many good stuff. So much good stuff coming out. It's going to be picking again, up. Yep. Uh, is, next month, it's going to definitely be picking up the releases. Oh yeah, yeah. October usually does. So I already, I've already, you know, briefly looked ahead, and and there's like double the releases next week that there was this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's way more, way more. So yeah. Um, you know what? Getting back to that Halloween box set, I actually um, heard from somebody that uh, that there is possible freezing on the Resurrection special features. That's all right. Um, Who the fuck wants menu. to watch those? Well, I do. It's not really. It's not really the point. It's the I, point know, I know. I know. That there is an issue apparently with probably just with some discs. Maybe it's from the same box sets who knows uh but there has been reports that um that there is freezing when you click on the special features for resurrection is freezing your disc so maybe another thing to look for i did not check my disc for that um i actually forgot (laughs) to i meant to but i just realized i didn't but yeah that's something else i've heard too so that could be something else to look for for some reason i feel like this seems to be like more of like an anchor bay thing than a scream factory thing just saying not really sure i don't have no proof but yeah i mean i haven't had any issues with that type of with scream factory the only thing i've had with scream factory is on body bags was just uh really noisy like really noisy and stuff um in the first segment i thought that one was out of sync wasn't it it's not like out of sync. It's just there's a lot of fucking noises that shouldn't be there, like audio oh. issues. It's not actually out of sync, but there's just audio issues. Okay. Um, so, but yeah, so yeah, the resurrection. <laughs> I thought it was kind. Of, I thought it was kind of funny that it was on that disc too. Probably the one that least the least amount of people are going to be checking out. But I mean, yeah, I would check out the resurrection features just simply because I'd be curious to see what the hell were they thinking. You know. <laughs> Like, I want another thought yeah, process behind that pile of shit. Yeah, yeah, totally. Fuck. <laughs> Resurrection's so bad. It is a bad film. Resurrection, I like to call it. Uh, it's garbage. So, so we got into inter- uh, an interesting discussion the other day um, about what exactly uh, is a zombie film. Yes, we did. And it seems like everybody has an opinion on it. Um you know, what exactly is a zombie film? And this was coming directly from uh, 28 Days Later. Yeah. Um, is 28 Days Later a zombie film or is it an infection film? Now, I think more, most people seem to lean towards that it's an infection film because uh-huh. the people in the film were not previously dead and resurrected. And they're, a, they're the living that are living or that have been infected with this virus that's made them go fucking nuts. Um so, I mean, that's my argument for 28 Days Later. It's pretty simple. I mean, it, I mean, JP, you were getting pretty uh, drastic with your arguments on what a zombie film is. You I really mean, think so? Yeah, a little bit. Um, 
I mean, you know, with the pet cemetery thing, and you know, the funny thing is about pet cemetery is that, you know, kind of theoretically, it is a zombie film, in a way, because this kid has been resurrected from the dead, and that's kind of the whole idea of what a zombie film is. Okay. I mean, our modern, our modern zombie film. I mean, if you look at the zombie film up to the '68 Night of the Living Dead, you know, zombies were kind of more just hypnotized kind of people and stuff like that. Um, George Romero's Night of the Living Dead was simple. It was a zombie was a resurrected body that came back to life and was now feeding on human flesh. You know, it's pretty simple. But if you, you know, you obviously got your sense on this one. So what do you want to say about it? Okay, so so my big thing with the 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 argument of, of what a zombie film is, is that first we have to pinpoint exactly what makes a film a zombie film is it simply that you must die before you turn into whatever it is you're turning into the zombie or the infected is it that you have to die and if that's the only rule then that would make so many other films a zombie film well there is i i think a lot of those films that you're probably thinking about can be definitely classified as that they're just not that you know that stereotypical zombie film right like you got pet cemetery and there's other films that have those elements of zombieism in them but they're not structured like you know that fucking that's Night of the Living dead point. film and Night of the living dead is just you know it's like the staple that's what a zombie film is you know completely you know mm-hmm. that's when you think of a zombie film resurrected dead woo, you know fucking they're feeding on human flesh yes but there is exceptions to the rule completely in films like, you know, Pet Cemetery is a great example because not a lot of people even kind of... Yeah, I didn't even think, think about, about it. that until you said I think, it. I think when you actually think about it, though, you know, when you watch Pet Cemetery, you you look at it differently because it's just a totally different structured film. Um, but when you really break it down to, you know, the semantics of, of what it really is, uh, he was resurrected. The kid is fucking... He's a zombie kid, really. <laughs> So, but you know, the interesting thing is I've actually seen people have Pet Cemetery on zombie list before. I've seen it a few times, but what I'm saying yes. is that what makes it, what makes a zombie film to me is not simply having zombies in it. Jason six is not a zombie film. It follows the one rule that Yens are talking about, but yep. it, it is more than just dying and coming back to life. You would never consider Jason six a zombie film because it doesn't play by the same conventions that make a zombie film a zombie film. To me, it's not just that one thing that makes it qualify. It's a lot of things. And that's Jason. I think with Jason though, too, is that he's kind of considered to be this, you know, this inhuman kind of almost force. Like it's a totally different thing, you know, like he's already just, not human is, so yeah, therefore considered a zombie though when you really think about it i mean yeah no I mean, technically technically you could you know yeah. put it into that but it's not really because he's already not even considered human i think the point of a zombie is is a human that's been resurrected uh-huh right and and then now he's feeding on flesh so with zombie he's or with zombie with jason he's not really considered to be zombie because he's more of a force he's kind of already inhuman and stuff he's just different he's almost like a creature you know, but, you know, say what you will about it, but I don't consider it to be a, a zombie film either. Mm-hmm. No. And, and, and the thing is that, okay, 28 days later is an infect, and an, an, they are infected. I understand that. But I'm not saying that 
they are zombies. I'm just saying it's a zombie film because it follows all of the the same movement as a zombie film. It does everything that a zombie film does. If we wouldn't call uh, Pet Cemetery a zombie film, they might be zombies, but it's not a zombie film because it's more than just being zombies that make it a zombie film to me personally. And that's kind of what I was getting at when that comment said they might not be zombies, but it's certainly a zombie film. And I kind of understood what they were saying there. Technically, it's not, but I yeah. totally feel it's, like it is. I see where you're see, coming from. Though, I have a hard time with saying that, though, because the way I look at it is that zombie fi- zombie films are a subgenre of horror films, like zombie films. And then I can, you know, I could put 28 Days Later into an infection film, like subgenre. Like it's it's different to me. Yeah. That's just the way I see it. Like infection films you know is you know it's over here it's you know found but footage what infection films different? zombies it's films one detail films. right it's one exactly. detail exactly and it's but it is kind of you have to admit it's kind of the deciding factor though <laughs> i mean mm-hmm. the way the way the rule is now that george a romero came up with is that this fucking humans that are resurrected that's the zombie that's just what it is now one of the things and, that i was going to say though is I know that there are, are are examples out there. I just couldn't reference anything when I was making this argument. So I will come back if I ever find one of the <laughs> examples. But I know there are examples when people have, have not been killed and they turn into zombies. They have not been dead. And it's in a zombie film. Mm-hmm. Mm. Hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So if I if I come, I could. I, I'm almost certain that I I remember th- seeing this happen. I would have to find it, and if I ever find it, I'll bring it up. But my my argument, I still stand by that it might not be, you know, zombies. I understand what you're saying that you know that it's kind of the deciding factor. Mm-hmm. But I think that when we 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 break down, you know, subgenre, then sub subgenre, then sub subgenre. You would never say it's a, uh, you know, slasher slash, you know, uh, vampire movie or whatever. You know, they're so far away. I mean, there could be a vampire that's also a slasher. But what I'm saying is, like, they're so far away. Everybody lumps infected and zombies together because they are so close that it's literally one detail that separates them. So Mm. I think in the overall picture, when you simplify things, it's the same genre. Yeah, I, I remember watching this interesting – I think it was on – it was a VHS documentary I was watching one time. And I think it was just kind of talking about like how you know collectors are kind of very obsessive compulsive with their – the way they sort things and um, you know the way they just do things with their collections, right? Yeah, I think that's I mean, we, adjust your tracking. It is adjust your tracking. So I think you know what I'm talking about here. And yeah. um, there was this interesting uh, guy that they were interviewing and he's got this pretty large VHS collection and he, the way he separated his collection was into all these like subgenres, like subgenres that he kind of almost made up himself. Like there's films that we would lump into like a major subgenre, but he had it over here as like this little one and stuff like that. And I thought mm-hmm. that was really quite intriguing how he did it. And he mm-hmm. knew where all his films were in his collection. Yeah. And see, I'm kind of the same way, like with 28 Days Later, like I think of as infection films as like a totally different thing. But, but that's just not the way that my, different. It isn't that different, but it still kind of is. You know, like, it, you know, if I was getting real technical with my collection and stuff and I was separating like slasher films and and then I, I you know, like a supernatural slasher, I 
you know, it, you know, this guy would have his supernatural slashers over here. You know, he wouldn't have superstition with, you know, with fucking hatchet. You know, kind no, of thing, I totally right? agree. As horror fans, we break down things to the to the fullest ability possible. I mean, we have sub 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 genres, uh, and I, I'm totally down with that. But I'm just saying, essentially, they are the same fucking thing. It's just one detail that separates hmm. them. And and was let me was brain dead? Do does everybody die before they're zombified and brain dead? Mm. Is that the In, movie I'm thinking of? That the Peter Jackson movie, like the Peter yeah. Jackson film. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're sure? They're zombies, yeah. They die. Yeah. Okay. Uh so yeah, but also let's let's look at it like this. Okay, there's voodoo zombies, right? And then yeah. there's mm-hmm. there's there's the Romero zombies. And then mm-hmm. in my opinion, there's infected zombies. They might you know, voodoo zombies are not dead, right? They're still zombies though, right? You'd never say they're not zombies. They're not dead though. So why can't infected be zombies too? Well, I'm not saying that they can't be. I'm just, that kind of goes back to like the old, what an old, you know, pre-1968 zombie was. You know, that voodoo type hip, And this hip, is post-2002 zombie or whenever uh, 28 Days Later came out. You think 28 Days Later was like, you know, the first of like that type of infectious no, zombie film? No, I don't. But I'm, I'm saying, you know... Th- no, I'm actually asking a question because I can't... Because that, that's kind of the film that I kind of always... It might be, actually. That's like the one everyone talks about, too. Yeah, I think yeah. it's because it is a little more famous and stuff. But I'm, I'm just wondering if there is another good example of, of, of a film that people lump into a zombie subgenre that is just an infection film that came out before 20 Days Later. I mean, what are some other infection films, though? Uh, I don't know. There's. I know people who get infections and die, but they don't like. Yeah, I mean, who's this? I mean, I guess Twenty Eight Days Later is the one case because the director came out and said like they don't die; they just transfer, you know, yeah, yeah. into a rage virus. But but who's to say that in other infection films, like they don't die before they're they they, they turn? You know, is there is Twenty Eight Days Later the only infection film? No, there's got to be more. I just I honestly can't think of anything off the top of my head, but there definitely is more. Yeah, but um, what I'm saying is unless it specifically says like they don't die before they turn infected, then how would we ever know? Well, I don't think it's turning infected. I think when you get infected with a virus, it's just that is what it is what it is. It's yeah, like getting a cold, zo- right? But zombies are, are like that also, right? I mean, like like let's think, I mean, the space radiation well, in Night of the Living Dead, uh the the experiment in Re- Reanimator, the uh toxic waste in Redneck Zombies, the alien slugs in Night of the Creeps. I mean, there's w- so many different ways of getting infected with something and transforming into a zombie, right? Mm-hmm. Or 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 the Night of the Creeps are those zombies? Not technically, no. Technically, no. How do you know? What if the alien slug does kill them and then and then controls their body? Well, it, I mean, is but the it thing is, I mean, you would have to assume from what you see. It's not actually stated that these people are dying; they're just being infected with something. You know, hence that fucking little thing. Um, yeah, I mean, I just, I, I really try to keep it simple. It's like the dead get red, resurrected. That's what a zombie is. Okay, right? if uh, you're living, you get infected with some, with outpost um, Nazi zombie ghosts. <laughs> see, see, it, I think it's a are different. Those zombies? Sub- those aren't just, zombies. I think it's a different subgenre. Totally, it's like those are fucking zombies. But they're fucking ghosts. Yeah, they're ghosts you know? too. But they're also zombies. Yeah, 
I guess. Dead snow. But, but it's almost Zombies? like creating a different subgenre, though. It's like they're a fucking ghost zombie. Um, Frankenstein's yeah, Army's like that, isn't it, Moods? I'm What's just that? saying. Frankenstein's Army. 28 uh, Days Later yeah. is essentially a zombie film. The only thing that's keeping it, it, it plays by the same formula. It's just that one detail. But if you di- if you didn't know that though that 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 they didn't die, you would say it's a zombie film. There's I thought no I way thought, that you didn't. I thought 28 Weeks Later was way more than a zombie film than an infected film. Was it? Did they die before they turned? No, but they're fucking a lot more zombie-like than 28 Days Later. Yeah. Maybe the virus has just uh, got worse. I mean, Resident (laughs) Evil is a good example in in the games. They are definitely zombies, but you you get infected with a virus and then your skin starts falling off. And I guess there's some point where your lifeline ends and then Mm -hmm. you turn animated, but you, you start turning zombie before you're even dead. So I mean, I mean it's, not, it, it's not like we have to decide exactly what it is. I'm just saying, like, if I was organizing my collection, I would have an infection area. You know, infection Do you have film. an infection area? No, because I have my shit in alphabetical yeah, order. So it's I. just easier for me. So do I. But I'm just saying, if I, like, you know, if I ever broke down one day, oh, my, it would take me fucking weeks to do this. <laughs> yes. To actually to put everything in the subgenres. But the point is, you know, I would have Night of Living Dead on shelf a and i would have 28 days later on shelf b okay so uh, I, i'm i'm down with that too you know i if i was organizing my uh collection by genres i would have uh zombies and then i would have infection but guess what they would be touching because it's that close <laughs> of a genre. you know what i mean you're not gonna put zombie films uh, over sure, here and then sure. six sel- shelves later you're gonna put your infected you're gonna put them right transitioning into each other and then you're gonna put your voodoo zombies up front because they <laughs> are the yeah. same fucking thing whatever man i mean <laughs> teach their own really man i mean yeah you know, I it, it is what it is right but i mean yeah. it's interesting you know the the different opinions that people do have on this and like i said 28 days later just seems to be kind of that staple film that everyone kind of because it's fucking know, use, good use, uses as an example because it's it's really the prime example so mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, yeah, I mean, whatever. I mean, if people want to put in, it's, I have no problem with that whatsoever. It's just, I thought it was an interesting conversation. It was definitely, and it, it made for an interesting topic on the cast too. Yeah. I love 28 Days Later, by the way. So speaking of interesting, yeah, it is a good film. It yeah. is a good film. And it's a film I actually haven't watched in a long time, to be Me honest. Too. Me too. I you think, know, it, I, I actually have opinions on that film. I do think it might be, um, a little, I, I think my memories of it are a little better than the last time that I rewatched it. I remember like once the military stuff started happening, uh-huh. I didn't find it as interesting. But, but the first, you know, part of that film is is truly, you know, amazing, especially for its time. I mean, that was that was one of the last big booms in horror was that that era. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I always I always like the scene when you know the the first scene in the film when Buddy you know basically stumbles out of the hospital and yeah. it's just. There's fucking nothing around. Mm-hmm. And there's literally shit blowing in the wind. Like, that's how empty <laughs> the streets are. There's nothing around. And it's kind of funny because there was a scene. I, can, I think it might have been in the first season or maybe in the second season of The Walking Dead. It was very similar. They're in, in, in that big city kind of surrounding and whatnot. And there's just, like, nothing around. There's shit fucking blowing everywhere. And it immediately reminded me of 28 Days Later. It's like, wow, they kind of stole that feel right there a little bit. But I can't remember which season it was from. But uh, yeah, anyways, interesting conversations. Um, here's another one that got brought up. Uh, this one was to deal or dealing with mainstream horror films. Um, oh, this was today. Yeah. I mean, 
you know, we everybody has their opinions on mainstream horror films, and you know, I will agree. Like in the past, I've had you know my issues with a lot, and it's not because they are mainstream; it's because they're shitty. Yeah, they're just plain and simple. They they're just there not, are good. You know, ones, there's definitely that, good ones, and that's the thing. There is good mainstream horror films. Totally, there is probably more shitty ones. Like there's a lot that I've really not liked, but you know. The thing is, though, I think people need to kind of like just take it for what it is, man. You know, if you're going to just see the film before you judge it, you know, yeah. with I mean, there's so many there. There has been mainstream films before where I thought for sure I was not going to like it. And, you know, I might even have been that person too to have been like, oh, that's going to be shit, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then watched it and it turned out to be pretty good. I think the point is, is that people are just judging mainstream horror films and lumping them into categories. They're all jump scares. They're all this. They're all that. Um, you know, they're getting a really, really fucking bad rap now because yeah. because it is kind of saturated with a lot of shitty ones. But I'm just possession. saying, you know, <laughs> yeah, with possession films and stuff. Yeah, you know, um, but... I think they just some of them need to be given a fair shot, mm-hmm. and you know that's that's just my opinion. I mean, I'm just I I've really gotten to the point where you know I I'm not going to voice opinion about you know a fucking a trailer or you know just thoughts if I haven't seen the film because you have nothing to go on. But plus, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to say anything about a trailer because I simply do not fucking watch trailers. Yeah, trailers I, I'm anymore. done too. I'm done. So with trailers, so man. therefore. And it was just interesting hearing the comments that were, you know, you know, pointed and directed at the new Annabelle film. And I yeah. was like, well, fuck, man. Like, who knows? Like, who really fucking knows? Like, yeah. has anyone seen it? Not one fucking person has seen the film. And it's like, holy shit. <laughs> it's like it already sounded like it was the worst thing since, you know, Beneath the Mississippi. <laughs> I, I love that line, by the way. That, was, yeah, that, was that awesome. made me laugh on the train today. So it was funny. There's a few things with this, the, the things that bug me about uh, horror fans sometimes. And, and one of it is thinking that all this stuff is new, that this stuff that's happening. Like the, the you know, Jeremy mentioned the, um, the teeny boppers in the crowd. Like that's always been around. Guess what? Jump scares have been around forever. That is part of the genre. It's, it's not, you know, cash-ins. Cash-ins are what, you know, made horror so successful you know the friday the 13th the elm streets the halloweens the exorcist the mm-hmm. saws it's any different franchise it's a different generation jp i'm sorry to say i know there's still teeny boppers back then but it's a different generation i'm sorry to say it's a gener- different generation to to you yes it's always going to be a different generation just like when you was a kid the people that was older than you said the same damn thing about <laughs> you it's it's the typical you know parents don't like your music thing it's there's always going to be a disconnect and difference between the the generations but it's always the same issue it's those kids in there now are the same as the kids that have been there before they might be a little different maybe some things have changed but it's still the same problem the same situation it's not like this hasn't been happening forever Uh and it really bugs me when people just act like like you know how different the genre is now it, it's not that different yeah i agree you yeah. know um <laughs> i see any simple. i see anything mainstream obviously from the way that i've talked but 
But jump scares, come on, guys. Jump scares are always in horror movies. The cat oh, jumping yeah. out of the closet. Oh, yeah. How many crazy Ralph in the goddamn pantry? How long was he standing in there? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. These things have been happening forever. They're in some of our favorite movies. And I actually don't hate jump scares. I don't. I don't. I really don't hate I, them. I honestly think it's just an excuse to really bitch about mainstream films. Just like, oh, this is what they're all about. I understand that some of these mainstream films, they kind of overuse it sometimes. I mean, they're... You know, I mean, you, there's a time and a place to use them and stuff, but sometimes it is overused. Um, but at the same time, like you said, it's been a part of many, many films that we've liked over the yeah, years and stuff fucking... like that. So I think it's just basically an excuse to be like, oh, fucking mainstream, um, you know, fucking jump scares and, you know, just it's shit. Look at Slumber Party <laughs> Massacre. That whole movie is just jump scares. Like next time yeah. you watch it, pay attention. There's all it is is jump scares. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. and guess what? Everybody loves, or at least you know, people love Slumber Party Massacre. Mm-hmm. People, I think the, I, I think the difference though is the is the quality of the films though too. I think people kind of respect those older type because cheesy, old. because I think I think what's going on here in the mainstream, like you know, some of the ideas of the films aren't necessarily the greatest because they've been over used a lot especially in like mm-hmm. possession type films but it's and whatnot no and stuff. different than what yeah. it's been back then slashers yep, they so. were just mm-hmm. copies of each other but we love them because that's what that we look back fondly on them but guess what at the time you people were saying oh god another friday the 13th yeah there was you know who who wasn't saying that though the teenagers who were in there watching those friday the 13th making mm-hmm. that film money so there could be another one all the people our age back then guess what they weren't watching. They were saying, oh, another Friday the 13th, oh, another Elm Street. This shit's played out. This is – it's a cycle. It happens mm-hmm. every year, every generation and I love the cycle. I love seeing see, – I love seeing any young person in horror films, in in, in the theater watching horror, horror films because it lets me know that the genre is still doing what it did when I was a kid. It's getting people excited. It's getting pe- – yeah, they might be mainstream crap movies sometimes that people get in there and, and then they make money and then they make more of them and you know we don't necessarily like them. But it's still – you know what? There's kids in there who do and there's kids in there that went and seen Insidious and that's going to be their first horror film that they seen that really scared them just like me with scream or whatever like i love this stuff man this is this is why i love the genre man you're Mm. really passionate about the subject (laughs) i'm passionate (laughs) about horror because it literally molded me into who i am staying up staying home you know my babysitter was the vcr when i was a kid i i consistently just sat there watching elm street after elm street friday the 13th after friday the 13th just loving this stuff being obsessed with it so I think the one of the biggest issues with you know mainstream horror films, um, and you know, is the simple fact of maybe it's probably the lack of originality in films. I mean, I think back in the eighties, JP, you brought up that you know with the you know a new Friday film every year and and stuff like that. But there was still a lot of type of new films coming out and stuff like that. I think a lot of the mainstream films that we're getting, because we're not getting as many anymore, you know, mm-hmm. and some of the ideas yeah. are being rehashed. And I think it's just really giving a legitimate reason for people to just automatically assume mm-hmm. it's going to be shit because there has been ideas that have been recycled so much that it's just, I think it's giving people a headache well, and they really want to see something new. And I, I don't think that they're fully hating on mainstream. I think people want to go see films at the, at the cinema 
and whatnot and stuff, but they want to see, you know, maybe something a little different. So everything that does come out, like they see Annabelle and they're like, fuck, it's a fucking prequel, you know? Um, it, okay. You know, I, there's, so. there's a few things I want to touch on there. One, I do admit there is a problem in Hollywood. Yes, they do use marketing research way too much to, to mold their films and produce their films. Yes, there it definitely is a problem there. And, I, and I'm well aware of it and I, I definitely admit it, but, what I'm saying is everybody complained, another Saw, another Paranormal Activity, another remake, and then Annabelle comes out, which is a spinoff. It's not a prequel. It's a spinoff. It's, the story was mentioned in The Conjuring, and they, they're, they're doing uh, the, 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 the story. You know, it, It's not a direct prequel or anything. And also, another thing is these stories already were out there. These are based off of the um, that Paranormal Investigator's uh, group the the warrens yeah yeah these are already yeah. stories that are out there and have been and you can look them up and read about them and whatever so i mean it's not mm-hmm. like it's like oh well we already know what happened with the doll it's so, so what it, it, it's something that's a little different right i mean it, we've seen mm-hmm. killer doll films okay but it's not another remake it's not another paranormal activity it's not a saw it's annabelle the killer doll <laughs> like like why so yeah. much venom towards mm-hmm. it yeah, just spinning off from a story inside of from inside of film. Um, How about we yeah, all just I'm, go see it this weekend, and then we'll talk about it on the next show. I was thinking about <laughs> going to see it actually, if I if I could find the time. Just yeah. guys, just out of spite for for you guys on the Facebook page. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, I was I was actually planning on going this Friday um, after I get off work because yeah, I don't really get a lot going on that night because we're celebrating the birth my birthday on saturday so i was like why not you know it's it's opening up that night might as well go check it out so surprised it's playing by you it's not yeah me movies. too man and me who too. knows probably... it might suck it could suck right but i mean oh, uh, yeah I, I mean the thing is i'm just i'm excited i think this is the first theatrical horror film i've actually seen this year <laughs> yeah and uh, you it's you did like... mention that about how there's not as much coming out in the theaters that are horror yeah and that is a huge problem for me man that really bums me out because last year carrie was the only wide <laughs> re- release theatrical film during the month of october what Fuck the hell too. is that dude that really? is that not cool the only one yeah the that's only, terrible the only widely that released is one. terrible Fuck, oh that, and that devils just, do. That actually and devils do i think that was the that other was film true. yeah yeah, I never, I never seen that. I actually didn't. Yeah, <laughs> crazy. Yeah, too I, terrible. That really surprises me. That that really surprises me. Only two films in October. You know, the month of of horror. You know, of horror. You, they should be releasing a lot more. That just blows my mind. Man. I know. That's why I was excited. I was like, look, October fourth, we got a horror film. I think there's one after that. I think there's like four this this year in October. At least three, I think. So I'm I'm excited for this. I like this. I want people to be excited about the genre. And this is the best time. For people to get excited about the genre in October, so I'm happy that there's a horror film there, and I'm happy it's something that's slightly original. You know, mm. Killer Doll and stuff. We've seen it before. Jeremy's favorite film is a Killer Doll, but we haven't seen it in a while since yeah. Dead Silence. Dead Silence came out in 2005, six. Mm-hmm. So it's been like eight years. Yeah, let's be is a little it? optimistic, guys. Let's change yeah. these tunes a little bit. Let's try to let's try to at least you know go in with with a little bit of hope. Yeah. All right. So, um, I guess we've got actually a little bit of questions tonight. Yeah, we got quite a few. So, um, I have them. Me too. I have them you too. Do, you guys. Okay. So, whoever Jeremy, can you give hey? up the first one? All right. Um, let's go to. Do I have to say who said them, 
or do you just want me to? You can say who said them if you have if you know. Yeah, yeah I don't have it in front of me who said them, but all right, I have it. I'll just, right. I'll just read the question. Damn it, I was going to be fucking assertive for once. Damn it. All right. Uh, Wes Craven, he asks us, what found footage movie would you like to see reshot as a regular film? And the second question is, what regular style horror movie do you think would be good reshot as a found footage film? Yeah. Jeremy. Uh, found footage film that I want to see reshot into a regular film? Uh, Wreck, for sure. I would love to see that film as just a regular uh, steady cam to see people go insane in this building and stuff mm. like that. It's interesting. I didn't even think of that film. Yeah. That would be the third, the second remake of Wreck, though. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if yeah. they would be considered infected. Yeah, I guess they would be considered infected. I didn't think about that until now. In, but... in the first film, right? Because it's yeah. a rabies virus or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've only seen uh, quarantine, so I don't know. You haven't seen Quarantine? No, I've only seen Quarantine. I haven't oh, seen okay. any of the Wreck films. You should get them. I know. I, I really want to. I wouldn't mind doing a show on, on them all four once the fourth one's out. Yeah, I'd be down for that. Um, horror film to be shot in a found fo- I would like to see a Saw movie in found footage. I think it'd be fun. How the hell would that work? I don't know. Just fucking come up with a game that you have to fucking video record everything that's going on or something. I don't know. <laughs> it, wouldn't put, it wouldn't surprise me. That's, that's interesting. I don't know. I just um, thought it would be fun. Yeah. So what did I have here? I had found footage shot as a regular film. Um, I said The Bay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think The Bay could work really well as one. Yeah. Um, regular film shot as a found footage film. I actually put none. I simply said nothing. I couldn't think of one either. That's why I said Saw because it's like, oh, that would be cool. I was I was racking my brain over this, and then I was like, seriously, mm-hmm. I just I think it works better the other way, like you know, redoing a film like The Bay as a regular shot film. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just I put nothing. In. I guess it's kind of a cop out, but I just I really was thinking. I was like, no, that wouldn't work as a found footage. That wouldn't work as a found footage. I couldn't actually find a really good example that I really wanted to see shot as a found footage. So I just said fucking nothing. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so uh, my film that I picked was actually just the the one that I remembered watching and being like, this didn't need to be found footage, and that was Welcome to the Jungle. It's the most recent one where I said that, so that's the one I went with. Uh, that film would have worked much better as just a regular uh, standard-style film about cannibals in a jungle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to piggyback off of moods, I actually said none, too. Man, and I, I did like the same thing. exact thing, dude. I thought and I thought and I thought and I was like, none of these films feel like they should be found footage. None of them. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason for that is that, let's face it, dude, This the, the idea for found footage is a rare idea that works. You know, Blair Witch, perfect example of something that, that should have been found footage, right? I mean, it's they're, they're, they're making a documentary on, on a witch. Um, there's so many films out there that are found footage that, that could have worked without it. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go with uh, none also. Yeah. So uh, next question. Should we do that? Yeah. Ready? Yeah. All right. So uh, Joey asks uh, thoughts on a, this, a Serbian film. Yeah. 
overrated. I've talked about this before. I think I've talked about this on the, this season, actually, or episode in the last season or anything. Movie's overrated. It's not a bad movie. I'm not saying that. It's just it's overrated. Hmm. I I absolutely fucking love it. Yeah. It's I a fucked really, up movie. Don't get me really, wrong. I but... really enjoyed it. I, I remember watching it when I watched it for the first time. I wasn't really 100% like I didn't really know what I was going to you know be watching cuz I I kept hearing some really fucking nasty things but no one really said anything about you know how well it was actually made mm-hmm. like I was expecting a lot more low low budget really kind of shitty like acting August and, Underground Well yeah, uh, August well, maybe, Underground's different though Maybe not that low budget but I was expecting just a little shittier act, like just a lot less quality. Yeah. And, you know, the first 30 minutes was like, what the fuck is, am I watching here? I'm like, this is like actually like a real, real decently made film. And yeah, I, I just, I've kind of fell in love with it. I mean, the, I, <laughs> there's some parts in there that are fucking, you know, nasty yeah. and shit, but it's yeah. a really well-made film. I mean, I, I, to an extent, I can agree that it's overrated. I personally love the film, but the reason for it is because people do hype it up. Like, like I haven't talked seen- about it. Like I, but sorry, moods. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't mean overrated, like in a in a bad way. It's just that everybody, you know, has an opinion about it, and it's, it's just always out there as like you know the most extreme film, blah blah blah. It's always in that cat, type of category and stuff. But if you really look at you know the film itself, there's a lot of good things about it. Good acting, like the story's interesting, um, good gore effects, and there's nastiness and grittiness to it, and it's got a brutal fucking ending. Yeah, I it's was gonna really, say like, yeah, like I can't think of another film that, like, that has been cut that has caused such an uproar in the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, of course, in like the eighties and seventies and eighties, there's films, but like, this, like this one is a modern film. Like this one always has like people like bitching. Oh, you know, this is really the uncut version, or no, this one has ten seconds cut out and this and that. You know, mm-hmm. everyone always talks about how this movie's cut and. I, I bet I've you there's actually, still another cut out there that's completely uncut. I've never actually seen the you know well the version that was released like on Blu-ray and stuff like that cut version. What is actually cut out of that film? Do you know? Is it just the baby part? I I don't know because I just like, seen the uncut like, version. Yeah, I've, I've I've seen the original screener copy. Yeah. Um, when it and it was like fully, and then I have the uh, that limited cardboard. Um, yeah. <laughs> And that's fully, it's like the same version, but I want to actually see the cut version because I want to see what was cut out because, I mean, I think I I pause of the baby parts fully. It's just completely cut out. I bet you somebody would know on here. So, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure someone's seen it, but I'm I'm curious to see if they cut out some other parts though, Mm -hmm. too. Um, maybe towards the end and stuff, but you know, overall, I think it's a, it's a really enjoyable film and I think people should just go in with an open mind. It is. It is actually pretty good. Like, I mean, I. It's a know, good movie. Yeah. Some is. of the content, yeah, is 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 pretty. Well, I'll be frank. It's pretty disgusting, to be honest. But the killer strips off the ending. Yeah. <laughs> I always yeah. say that. Yeah. Exactly. And. Yeah. Um, but you know, it it's really good, man. I I can't really say a whole lot of bad things about it because, fuck, man, it had me thinking for days after it. So. Mm, I did its job. So. Yeah, exactly. Me, I haven't seen it. It's just not, not for me. It. It's not yeah. for me. So I'm not going to see it. I might, you know, I, it's possible that I might see it one day, but it just doesn't sound like something that I'd be too interested in seeing. So I just uh, never seen it. Yeah, you're not too much of a hardcore guy. It's, you know, honestly, JP, I think you would like it. <laughs> I, I don't think, I don't think you think, I think you think it's different. 
than mm-hmm. how how it's being described and stuff. It's it's like a fucking it's like a real movie. You know what I'm saying? Like it's yeah. I don't know. I, maybe, I, I really maybe. don't know how to but it's good though. I'm not gonna buy it. If somebody if somebody wants to give me a copy, I'll watch it. But right now, I don't feel like buying it. You know, it's fucking expensive all the time. I can't. T- and, and and back to what Jeremy was saying, like I don't know what is the cut and what's the uncut and what's like partly cut. Like there seems to be like a real confusion about all that. So yeah. I just fucking let it alone for now. Yeah. Well, as far as I know, the only uncut version that's been released is that cardboard one. So I know the Blu-ray releases aren't and stuff. Um, it's a yeah. ball, it's a mind fuck. Which one is not uncut and all that. Well, I've had this conversation with a few guys that are, you know, into a lot of the extreme stuff, and apparently that is the only cut. But who knows? I mean, there could be some somewhere else. Yeah. But the one that's been released over here, that's the uncut version. That's the mm. you know the, the one real to have. So yeah. All right. Uh, Jerry also says you guys should do a podcast on the Scream series. Okay. <laughs> on the Scream series. JP's favorite. Not my favorite, but oh, you like it. I'm sure we'll get to it. I mean, we got we got shows planned for years by now. So. <laughs> <laughs> it'll, it'll show up somewhere eventually. But apparently, we're only going to last till 32. So yeah, David. Yeah, David. David. Yeah, David. Sarcastic, David. Um, so next uh, we have what? What was that? I actually didn't write down that one question. Let's do it now. The black and white. What's right. your uh, top three? Got gotcha. top three foreign black and white films. I can yeah, go first if you want. Who asked that question? Because that's a good question. Let me go first. Props. All right. Who did ask that question? All right, I'll look. All right. While you're looking, I'll go. You might as well have asked me like, what's your favorite? Uh, film that has a green toaster that is missing a cord in it because I don't think I've seen any foreign black and white films. That's just two things together that that just eliminates any film that I've seen. So I can't think of any. Like I said, my collection is packed away, so I can't. Paul ask. Henderson. Thank you, Paul Henderson, for your wonderful question. JP, I'm sorry, I can't answer it. Sometimes you blow my mind. Not even one black and white foreign film. Like I said, guys, I don't have my collection out. So even if I do have them, if it's not coming up in my memory, then I don't have a reference to look at. Normally when these questions come up, I just go down my question, my collection and be like, all right, this one, this one, this one. But it's it's still packed away. So I don't think I have any. You haven't or, seen Asferatu or – Okay, I've seen Asferatu. I haven't Cam- seen Caligari. Oh, my top one would be Nosferatu. <laughs> <laughs> I know I, I do bl- for for as big of a horror fan as I am. I know that there's shit out there that I haven't seen. That but like Emperor Corn Dog is always busting my balls for not seeing shit like The Fog and you know uh, what was the other ones? Dracula and Frankenstein. Well, yeah, I, mean, I know. Come guys, on, dude. The Fog literally blows everybody's mind. I've seen how The Fog big of a now. John Carpenter fan you are. <laughs> we covered. It. I know, but like for like so long though, like yeah. my lord, dude. <laughs> okay so my next um yeah if you want to go all right um my number three i have waxworks which is an awesome 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 silent film highly recommended if you get a chance to see it i just received it in the mail like on friday it's awesome i I still have never seen that movie that's one i haven't seen so i I need to get to it uh number two i have the hands of orlock it's a German expressionism film about um, a guy who loses control of his hands. It's pretty good. Um, and number one, of course, is 
Victor Strostrom's Scandinavian film, The Phantom's Carriage, which is probably the greatest film I've ever seen in my life. If you guys haven't seen it, you guys are fucking idiots, and you should go watch <laughs> it because it's, it's amazing. It's a masterpiece, so that's Jeremy just it. called me a fucking idiot. Yep, you're a fucking idiot because you haven't seen Dragler, Frankenstein, or The Phantom's Carriage. So you should get on that shit. I will buy The Phantom's Carriage next Criterion, so. Good choice. Um, yeah, I basically just, uh, I didn't really overthink this one. I just went with the first three that actually popped into my mind. Um, at number three, I, I, uh, the French film Diabolique. Nice very, film. very, very cool film. <laughs> I actually just realized all three of these are. Um, number two is another French film called Eyes Without, Without a Face. Oh, really yeah, fucking phenomenal one. film. Such a good fucking movie. And number one um, is the Swedish film, The Phantom Carriage. Uh, Swedish? Col- it's Scandinavian. Well, Scandin- Sweden is part of Scandinavia. Oh, I knew that. I know there's <laughs> Geography multiple countries. I know there's multiple countries in Scandinavia. I just, I yeah, Norway and, Norway. Norway and Finland and Sweden. Um, but yeah, is the Phantom Iceland there? Is honestly... I look like a fucking idiot again. Is... Wow, it really is a fucking masterpiece, man. It's a really fucking phenomenal film. <laughs> what are you laughing, so, JP? You're laughing because I'm a fucking idiot. Yeah, because he was like, he was like, well, I'm a fucking idiot again. <laughs> well, I've been a, I've been a fucking idiot about three times on this podcast so far. So, oh man, hey, at least you've but seen yeah. him. So yeah, so those are my three right there. I mean, there's really, really lots. I mean, yeah, you could have vampire around there. there. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, vampire. Exactly. There's so many good Hacks ones. Hacks and there's so many good ones. Hacks. Yeah. But yeah, those were literally the first three that came uh, out. So fucking idiot. <laughs> um. Yeah. So next question. Next question is from Sea Dog the Emperor. He says, "What are your top three favorite Echo horror films?" Jeremy. Corn Dog. Um. Number three, Jeff Lieberman's Squirm. It's awesome. It's gross. Um, number two, Chud. And mm. number one, Monkey Shines, of course, because I've talked about Monkey Shines. Hmm. Interesting. Mm. Moods. Um, I For some reason, I read the question as a top five, because you know me, I always have to do a little more than mm-hmm. expected. Mm-hmm. I, I, I honestly did. I Moods read it as a is overcompensation. Five. Yeah, overcom... Yeah, fucking bad, you know. Um, so... Yeah, the list I have here. Hmm, how do I want? Do I should I just say the top five? Whatever. Um, number five, <laughs> Slugs. Uh, I love Slugs, man. It's cheesy that's fun. that's an awesome choice. I love Slugs. <laughs> it's such a fucking good movie, man. When that uh, slug that. bites the like sticks his teeth out, I die. I die, <laughs> dude. That movie makes me piss myself. I swear, every time I watch it, it's so good. Um, number four is Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. I love The Birds, man. It freaks me out because honestly, like that would be fucked up to happen, man. You know, just getting attacked by birds and shit. Fuckers, they fly away and get you again. Um, yeah, number three is uh, Grizzly. Um, fantastic. Uh, well, huge fucking grizzly killer film from the seventies. Uh, also from the seventies, we've got uh, number two is day of the animals. Just a fantastic pick that one. Yeah. Day of the animals is fantastic. And it features like tons of different type of animals in it, which is really cool. Um, I've talked about this before, but if you've never seen day of the animals, check it out because it's like, it's pretty well done. 
And if you want to see Leslie Nielsen as the biggest fucking asshole jerk off ever in a film, was check this out Day of the Animals. Was this a of the week? It might have been like on the first episode or second episode you talked about Day of the Animals. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Um, and number one, I reviewed this on my Aussie horror film week, um, Long Weekend. Uh, I knew another you, one that you talked about. Yeah, Long yep. Weekend's fucking phenomenal. It's probably one of the best uh, eco horror films, in my opinion. It's really, really good really good stuff so but yeah highly recommend all those yeah nice top five um that was good yeah i i kind of didn't realize this but i kind of went more towards like the animal side of things and if i'm being honest you know i don't know if these would really be my top three but the number one is by far my top one so number three we have ticks i love this film ticks is that actually crossed that actually crossed my mind yeah, ticks. Jeremy's still. You haven't seen ticks, right? No, I have to get the olive Blu-ray. Yeah, it's 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 just one of those films that just go unnoticed. This this would be on an answer to uh, a future question that we have, but I, I decided to leave it off. Um, and then number two is Mosquito. Uh, oh, yeah. Come on, you know I, I love that film. Uh, it's definitely underseen because it's you can't see it most of the time mm-hmm. uh and then number one is of course it gotta be jaws it just has to be jaws jaws is mm-hmm. is the best killer animal movie in my opinion and uh, it's just couldn't leave it but off it, the list but is it your favorite yes it is my favorite killer animal movie yeah, yeah jaws was actually the first film I, every time i think of eco i always think of yeah, jaws right away yeah. and i just but i was like well you know what switch I, it I, up I, it, it's such a big like broad genre you know there's just so like mm. animals and you know uh toxic way like all kind of stuff man so it was really hard to narrow these down yeah yeah uh next up we have uh your mount rushmore of horror directors i will go first on this one because mine is pretty uh standard and it, it the reason I do do this is because I grew up with American horror, so I don't know all the Italian stuff. I'm slowly getting over there. I don't know all the you know Falci and Argento because I'm sure you guys will have Falci and Argento. On is your list. is uh, Wesley Craven? On Wesley your list? Craven is on my list. So is Jonathan <laughs> Carpenter and George Romero. And uh, I was gonna put Hitchcock, but I, I mean I don't think he has a big enough library. But he's definitely the best director on there. Uh, so I'm gonna go with Cronenberg, I guess. Yeah. Cronenberg, nice. You're gonna laugh at mine, so. Jeremy. It's not bad. It's not oh, bad. Am I gonna go next? All right. Of course, I have to put on the man from Canada, Ryan Nicholson, who is probably my favorite. Uh, you know, new horror director ever. He's fucking awesome. Uh, Dario Argento, of course, as JP just said. Uh, the old Jew himself, Herschel Gordon Lewis, and hmm, I didn't even think of Herschel. Hmm. And William Lustig, who is fucking you know maniac and maniac cop, is freaking awesome. Low budget eighty films. So. Yeah, 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 maniac and fucking vigilante. And vigilante. That's, yeah. that's a good William Lustig film. That yeah. Uh, Mount Rushmore directors. I like the I like the term Mount Rushmore directors. It's cool. Um, yeah, my, my I, I've stated many times my favorite horror director of all time is Lucio Fulci. 
Um, I've always stated that the biggest thing for me in a horror film is, is atmosphere. And I find that Lucio Fulci captures that so fucking well in so many of his films. It just makes it for me. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> and of course my list is predominantly Italian directors, <laughs> you know, like JP said, um, Mario Bava fucking love Mario Bava. Um, I love his son too. <laughs> that sounds really bad. <laughs> I love his son. I love his son. Uh, Lamberto Bava. I actually did a Lamberto Bava, um, review week on my channel too, covering a bunch of his stuff, but really, really, really fun stuff. Um, of course, Argento. I love Pete Walker. Pete Walker is one of my favorite directors from the UK. Um, he was really, He's more notable for like his 70s films and maybe early 80s. He didn't really do anything after that, but he's done quite a few films. Um, John Carpenter, huge, huge fucking fan of John Carpenter. I mean, The Fog, I, I seriously, again, you know, anything with like really thick atmosphere, quite literally <laughs> in that one, um, just amazing. Romero and Cronenberg. Hey, Mood. Th that's way too many. Mood, I know you're not from the United States, but there's only four phases on Rush on Mount Rushmore, so... <laughs> What's that? The, I know you're. I know heads. you're from Canada, but there's only four heads on Mount Rushmore. So yeah, well, I was just I was just breaking down what could possibly be on <laughs> there. overcompensating. Yeah, um, but yeah, it would be Fulci, Argento, Bava, and Carpenter. Okay, on the, there. the reason I picked Romero, he created this modern zombie. Carpenter created the slasher genre pretty much. Craven created one of the most iconic and original fucking things in the world freddy krueger i mean what the hell i don't even know how you think of that and then i need i it was like cronenberg or hooper that i was gonna easy. i went with a Cronen child molester who got child molester who got burnt up it's not easy do not say that that is just fucking with you jp yeah so i was kind of looking at more like what uh you know the the what they did for the genre i, I don't know if necessarily if these are my favorite or what but but I think that's kind of what it is. It's like your, you know, your top, say, four personal directors. Like I, I pick, like I said, Fulci, Argento, Bava, and Carpenter because, like, their catalogs to me are just like untouchable. There's so many good films in their catalogs that I, I can watch over and over again. I mean, when like I respect Wes Craven a lot, and he's done, you know, a few films I really do like. But you know, to put him up against Fulci for me, I'm not saying that Fulci's a better director than than Wes Craven at all. I'm just, I'm just talking on a personal level for myself. The type of films that he does do are the films I love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, you know I haven't, saying? I haven't seen enough of Fauci's library to put him there. Who knows? Mm -hmm. He might be there once I, I've only seen like two films from Fauci. So, I mean, I, I definitely got to do some more research to have a full scope of, of, of uh, directors to put on my Mount Rushmore. But also I thought Mount Rushmore, these are important people who did great things, you know, and I kind of thought that's what the question represented. Like, like who are the, the four people who did uh, the most for the genre in terms of directing. So I kind of went with those ones. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's interesting. <clears throat> okay. Uh, the next question is uh, name three underrated gems in your opinion that not many people uh, know about or talk about. And that is Dubby. Who gives us that question? What up, Dubs? Dubby Dubs. Yeah. We picked up All some right. fucking awesome movies last weekend, I have to say. Mm -hmm. That is a nice haul, young man, uh, Mr. Dubby Dubs. Yeah. Um, three underrated gems. 
that people don't talk about. I, yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's there's actually quite a few. I just like I said again, I just fucking pick three right off the top of my head. And the one that always comes to my mind right away is Cemetery Gates. I recommend this film all the time. It's just one of those films that just no one ever fucking talks about. It. I've actually, in fact, never seen anyone show it or talk about it. And I've talked about it numerous times. Um, it's a brilliant film. Really good stuff. Uh, this one people know about, but it just seems to be one that people don't talk about a lot. It's the last broadcast. Um, it's kind of overshadowed, I think, of course, by Blair Witch, but uh, it's a fantastic fucking movie. That one definitely and, is a good choice. I haven't seen it, but I, I don't. People don't talk about that one, but I, you know, it's one that I've been wanting to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and then my last one here is uh, kind of a <laughs> very, very random choice. I don't even know why I thought of this, but I guess it's because it's my favorite in the franchise, and that's Prom Night Three. <laughs> I love Prom Night 3, man. It's yeah, such a cheesy have, film. You have the nice box set. Yeah, that's why I haven't seen it yet, because like you always say, the U.S. releases, are that double pack is cut. So, Yeah, actually, that, that release right there, that's actually the TV cut of it, too. So when you it's watch it, they not, only, they not only cut the gore out, they actually edit out the swearing. <laughs> Dude, it's pretty fucked up, What man. the fudge? Yeah, it's really odd. It's really odd that that ever got released like that. But anyways, yeah, the uncut version of Prom Night is just so much more enjoyable. It's like Prom the Slumber Parties 2 and 3 DVDs, the Legacy DVDs that are like cut to shit. On what, the Roger Corman ones? No, no Sleepaway the Camp. Were, oh. Sleepaway Camp. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, I thought you said Slumber he did, he did say Slumber. Oh, sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's why I was like confused. I was, like, four, four things that make Jeremy an idiot this time. <laughs> fucking hell <laughs> yeah uh, so make yeah, yourself more of an idiot with your list let's go jeremy all right number one i have uh i i really haven't seen too many people talk about this movie it's pretty i think it's pretty people know about it and people talk about it um it's uh enter the void which is uh poe i think it's the same right the guy who did irreversibles i think it's his newest movie i don't think he's made another movie uh, since Enter the Void. And that's released by IFC, which would totally be an IFC Midnight if it was released today. But um, Jack Ketchum's The Flossed, which... That's an interesting pick because I thought of that one, too. That was one of my picks of the w- pick of the week, I think. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, a good movie. yeah, it's good. And number three is one of the few movies I gave a 10 out of 10 on the podcast, and that's uh, Flu, which came out this year, which you'll probably hear me talk about again, but... Um, really, really good uh, infection film. Hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I I highly recommend that one. It's fucking awesome. Check cool. it out. All right. Yeah. So the way I did my list, um, these aren't necessarily the best films that not many people talk about, but th- I just think these ones are some underrated gems that nobody really talks about. Uh, they're not the best, though, uh, and they're in no order. Well, first is uh, Evolver from 1995. I just think this one is a little weird, like like gem from the 90s. It's it's not like super great, but I think that it deserves a little more attention. Uh, the next one is num- uh, the Unholy from 1988. Uh, this one I really never hear anybody talk about, but I like it. I reviewed that on my 88 series. Yeah. Well, you talk about every film that was ever made, so... Yeah, you know every movie, dudes. 
man, that movie is 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 interesting. It's a good one. That's a good pick. Thanks. Because you're right. You're actually right. No one ever talks about that movie. Yeah, I, cool. I got it in that eight pack. That um, Lionsgate eight pack with uh, Ghoulies three and Nine Seven Six Evil two. And I was like, ah, this is this is a pretty awesome movie. You know, I never really heard anybody talk about this one. So Unholy, it's a pretty solid watch. I recommend it. Uh, and then the last one is Alien Raiders from 2008. I never hear anybody talk about this one. And it's it's a pretty solid movie. Terrible title. That's probably why nobody talks about it. But it, it's a pretty solid like uh, like siege-type narrative, and, and I like mm-hmm. it. It's cool. I think I actually heard Matt Cantor talk about that film one time like when he's doing a shelf-by-shelf. Shelf, and it, the title just made me laugh, Alien Raiders. Yeah. <laughs> I think I did a review <laughs> I mean, for it somewhere. Yeah, I, I mean, mean it's kind of like that. It. It, it's like that film I watched not too long ago. Um, I think it was a couple months back. I, I hadn't an update. Maybe I even talked about it on the podcast. I'm not sure, but it was a film called Evil Aliens. <laughs> like it just sounds. It sounds like your run of the mill type. It's fucking good though. Yeah, it's it really sounds crappy. Yeah, and it's really fucking entertaining. It's totally not what you think it is. I thought it was going to be like you know micro budget fucking just shit. And uh, I'm, I'm even Luke. Um, my he even commented on my video saying that, yeah, you're right, man. That shit is fucking entertaining as hell. Just one of those big surprises. But mm-hmm. Have you guys seen Alien though. Raiders? No. No. The, the title has got me intrigued, though. Yeah. I've, I've, you know, like, so. P- pick it up. it up. You can get it, like, dirt cheap. I'm surprised Jeremy hasn't even, you know, back <laughs> in the day seen a family video because it totally seems like the title, a title that would be there. Probably have it. I just probably don't mm-hmm. pick it up because the title sounds like crap. Yeah, it, it look the cover looks like crap too. So I mean, it, it's it's definitely one that you would skip nine times out of ten. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Nice. So the f- I believe we got one more question, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Zach asks us, "What is our top five kills in horror movie history?" This is like the hardest question for me. I, like I didn't even know how to do this one. It so, took me a little bit, but I just picked like five of my favorites. Okay. Yeah, I I just literally did the same thing. I did, I didn't want to overthink it because I would have been here all fucking mm-hmm. day. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Probably all of us. So I just kind of thought about it for a second and just yeah. I mean, there I'm are like. so many, but I, oh, I, I know the way I did it was these ones mean the most to me. They affected mm-hmm. me in some way, and I look back on them fondly. So uh, the first one, uh, uh, I guess, uh, order number five is the Friday the Thirteenth Part Three hand walk kill. I remember just loving that one as a kid. The guy's walking on his hand that's down a hall, and Jason's just right above him, machete down through his body. Yeah. It's terrible way to die. <laughs> um, <laughs> number two is the Hellraiser 2 uh, razor cut guy who thinks yeah, there's bugs crawling in him, yeah. and Julia, like, fucks him. Oh, man, that that disturbed me as a kid. And I still, like, close my eyes a little bit when I, it's something about him hacking away <laughs> at his arm that just bugs me, and there's bugs crawling in it. It's nasty. Uh, and then number three is the Dream Warriors marionette kill. Uh, this one is just classic. My favorite kill yeah. in the franchise. Definitely just, you know, a, a, a creative, uh, innovative Elm Street nightmare kill that just, you know, that's what Elm Street's all about to me. Um, then number two is the uh, first kill and scream. And it's more about the lead up than the actual kill. I think it's one of the best like openings. I think I might have even named it my favorite opening in horror history. But it's just something about that whole uh, long playing conversation and the, the kill that you don't expect. So that one mm-hmm. is very significant. 
um, to me. And then uh, my number one is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Hammer Kill from the very first film, my favorite horror film, my favorite kill. Nice. Something just so brutal and, and terrifying about it. It scared me half to death as a kid. Nice. Am I next? Go ahead. All right. I don't know if this was really a kill, but um, the lawnmower massacre in Dead Alive at the end. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. It's probably the goriest thing I've ever seen in my that, life. It's amazing. Probably, you, can, you can pluralize that, I guess. Kills. Yeah. Lumping them. <laughs> That's um, fucking good, though. Um, the opening kill in Suspiria. Of course, which is classic. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Um, the head explosion kill in Maniac, where you know he fucking shoots him right in the head and it explodes everywhere, and it's awesome. Um, two, the crotch shot in Hobo with a Shotgun, which is <laughs> hilarious. Moods, do you know my number one? We've talked about I, it. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure if I. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the Waxomatic kill in Gugger Balls. Oh, yeah. Fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. It has probably some of the greatest some of the greatest gore effects I've ever seen in that kill. Oh. It's amazing. You know, I, I didn't even think of that one, but fuck, that would have made my list. <laughs> That's such a good one. Yeah, it's <clears throat> awesome. Um, yeah, mine are in no particular order. I just, like I said, the first five that, uh, that I came up with. Um, yeah. So the first one here is from Friday Seven. It's that uh, the sleeping bag death. Great kill. Jason, great kill. And Jason fucking breaks the chick over the fucking tree. Oh man! That's every great... time I watch it, I every time it, I fucking burst out laughing. Yeah, definitely <laughs> it's one of my so favorites. So brutal. Yeah, it's it's probably my favorite kill in the franchise. I just every time it just gets me. It's awesome. Uh, next one here is uh, the eye splinter in uh, from Zombie. Close to making uh, my list too. Yeah. I was oh, about that one. every everybody know. I always talk about how much I hate uh, deaths with eyes and stuff. That one gets me every time. It's just so fucking brutal, man. So I take it you didn't like Final Destination two then? Oh, <laughs> anything with I don't know what it is about shit going into people's eyes. But or it just five makes me cringe. I, it, or five. <laughs> it just or four. It works. It works. Or f- yeah, yeah, four too. <laughs> it works good for me because it makes me cringe. I don't know something about it. I just can't handle it. But. um Number it's three, that slow uh, build up, man. You know, sorry, but staying on that that kill. I mean, it, it's just, it's like, it's so slow, and it's like, are they, they're really going to do it? Are they really going to? They're not going to do it. Yeah. And it's just like, what? The and fuck it just they shows it? it though. It's like going read it. Ah, yeah, it stays on it too, man. That that's that's brutal, and it, it holds up, man. It's a great oh, yeah. kill. Um, JP mentioned this one, and that is the marionette kill from uh, Dream Warriors. I wanted to go it, first. <laughs> it's my it's my favorite kill in. Uh, um, the Friday or in the Nightmare series, yeah. um, hands down. I just I love that kill. Uh, next up is uh, the bandsaw kill from Intruder. Um, are you guys familiar with this kill? I've never I seen know the Intruder. movie, but I've never seen the movie. It's fucking outrageously brutal, man. It, literally, this guy is on this bandsaw table, and <clears throat> the dude cuts his head. Like he cuts basically where his nose is, his oh. head right in half. And they show it like it's fucking it's gory as fuck. The, the effects are awesome. It's just a brutal, brutal kill. I always remember that kill, man, because it's just oh, it's awesome. Sounds brutal. And my favorite kill. Um, well, the number one that's on here is the maniac head blast. There's the, the, the effects in that in that scene are just outrageous. It's so hard so not well to pick, put that one on my list. I, that was that was like probably my number six. It. I think what it was was that it wasn't as uh, personal to me because I've only recently seen Maniac for the first time, you know, last year probably. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, great kill. No matter no no matter how many times I watch that film, that part just it makes me go wow. It's yeah. definitely so one of the best on screen kills. You know, these are our favorite, oh, yeah. obviously, but in terms of best, god damn, that is an amazing effect. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, super cool. So, yeah. yeah. So uh, that's actually that was it for the question. Did you? There was a couple questions that we did not answer. I'm not. I'm not sure who asked them. Um, I know one of the questions was top five worst horror films. Um, we've answered that on a podcast before. Yep. Yep. And the other question was top five Screen Factory releases, which actually was a a question that I asked um to the fans last season. I think season. so. Was top five worst horror films. I think that one was too. Yeah, actually, it might have been. It might have been one of the top fives. Yeah, that's the one uh, I had. He... Clown Hunt and Pork Chops. And... Oh, yeah, totally. Mine. Bloody Homecoming. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that's right. We just yeah. haven't not done any top fives this year. But, yeah, those were definitely top fives from last season. But, yeah. Believe All right, so I questions. Right, Jeremy? Oh. Oh, are we going to bring back the top five? Well, I want to know what your guys' top five favorite horror soundtracks are of all time. Since we're coming next week will be soundtracks the first. Soundtracks or scores? How about both? Okay. Just, just horror music in general. Next week, you know, it's the first week of October, and Halloween is such an iconic soundtrack score, so I figured, you know, it'd be a fun question to see what everybody's favorite horror music is. And you know. So are we talking like, so let's just kind of, you know, um, so actual soundtracks? It could be so, a soundtrack or a score. Okay. So like music or an original. It's going to be hard. I'll probably do mine with actual like release soundtracks. You know, yeah, like I, think I, I think I will too. I think that'll be fun. I'm mm-hmm. going to do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Um, yeah, so getting into the um, one last thing here in Mood Swings, we got the Corners reports, weird stats and morbid facts. Yeah, always a good time. Um <laughs> this one just makes me laugh. This is from actually, ironically enough, I didn't even realize, but this is from August 2011, and that's the Fright Night issue. Oddly enough, I don't know why I just said that. Is but, it better than last week's? Um, what was last week's? Uh, <laughs> a, a, gr- a woman who cannibalized her dead husband and ate like her nose and like his. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, and she was 80 years old. That's the best part about the whole yeah, thing. Yeah. Okay, so this one right here and. Yeah. Okay. So this one, this one's quick. This one's quick. During the summer months, one child dies in a portable in a portable outdoor pool every five days. Well, let's wow. just thank the Lord that. Uh, let's just thank the Lord that summer's over. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> what about and in California and Florida, man? It's never over. Oh, every five shit. days. I was like, what the fuck kind of stat is that? That would be a terrible feeling, dude, yeah. if he was a parent. That, yeah, that is like gauge quality from that cemetery. Like, yeah, oh God. That's an, off, that, that's an awful stat. But I, I solely picked that because summer like literally just came to an end. Well, my so. mom drowned and got brought back to life. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. dude. Wow. CPR, CPR, man. My grandpa gave her CPR. And, yeah. So that shit works so <laughs> if yep. you see it in movies and you're like oh that's just bullshit well it actually does work yeah <laughs> yeah we had to that's pr in high school yeah same yeah all right so that's gonna do for mood swings we are gonna get into the final reviews which is the final <laughs> destination franchise oh yeah everybody's been looking forward to this um 
yeah, it's been a while since I've like we talked about this, but it's been a while since I've seen these films. So it was interesting revisiting revisiting them, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> to say the least. Anyways, but uh, yeah, so we got five films here to talk about, and after the fact, we are gonna actually break down our top five kills. So stay tuned to after the reviews. There will be spoilers. Or the, or, or the um the discussions yes and there there is going to be a little bit of spoilers in here just to pre-warn people because some of these films are a little hard to talk about without giving spoilers so yeah if you have not seen these films by chance uh maybe just not listen i don't know i don't know how to what to yeah, say about no. that but um but yeah so after the fact after we t- have the franchise discussion we're going to talk about our top 5 kills yep. so from the franchise so final destination one was released in 2000. Holy shit. Man, it's 14 years old already. 14 years ago. Wow, it's crazy. Crazy. Um, JP, you want to give the, uh, <laughs> the synopsis of the film? <laughs> I got this feeling. It's a weird feeling. The cabin starts to shake, right? And, and the, the left side blows up, and then the whole plane just explodes. The plane's gonna explode! It's, it's not a joke! It's not a joke! <laughs> You get thrown off the plane all because Browning has a bad dream? I saw it. The plane! It's gonna blow up! It's gonna blow up! All 287 passengers are feared dead. Because of you, I'm still alive. There are no accidents. No coincidences. And no escapes. Did it happen again? Did you see Todd die? What if it was our time? What if we were not meant to get on that plane? What if there is a design? Then it's not finished. By walking off the plane, you're cheating death. You have to figure out when it's coming back at you. What are you, God, now? He knows which one of us is next. You have a responsibility to tell me. I knew I should have hit on Tammy in the pool that time. I'm not gonna let it happen, okay? Nobody has control over life and death. Unless they are taking lives. And causing death. Now, can you promise me that no one else is going to die? I'll see you soon. Okay, so Final Destination from the year 2000. It follows a high school senior class as they are making their way onto a plane where they're going to Paris, I believe. Uh, It's a French class. On board, the lead character has a premonition of the plane crashing. He then throws a fit. Everybody is removed from the plane, at least a small portion of the class is. And now they escape death, so death is coming back after them, and the people are dying in the order that they were to die in the premonition. So he is getting hints, uh, other premonitions, and trying to stop uh, these deaths before they happen. I know this is a stupid question and it probably got explained. Do they ever explain why he got this premonition? 
they like, never do in the entire no. franchise. Oh, that's <clears> fucking <throat> bottles no. my balls. No, there's there's definitely no explanation. I know that's one thing that's always kind of bugged me about this franchise. There's actually a few questions. Um, you know, a lot to do with Tony Todd's character too. Well, he's just yes. death. Yeah, I mean, is that like that is something that we could discuss, I guess, right now? But is Tony Todd the Grim Reaper himself in the flesh? I know. I think it's that's something. what he's like named on the titles. Like he's named Death. Like that's what Dr. he's like. Credited, yeah, as credited as. I mean, it would make sense considering he's the coroner. You know, <clears throat> it does make sense, but it's never really fully. You know, I mean, it's so easy to misinterpret that. You know what I'm saying? Well, why the fuck was his voice on the L track then if he's just not Death in Final Destination Three? Exactly. But yeah. I mean, I, get, I mean, you just it's have never. To, you just have to. In, you just have to interpret it like that. I guess I don't know. Yeah, it, it is interesting. So but, uh, yeah, absolutely. It's never explained. But I mean, that's probably what they're hinting at. And I've always thought that mm-hmm. that a final Final Destination should really revolve around Tony Todd's character. I think that would be really awesome. And I'm not. I I believe that I've actually heard you know possibilities of that if they you know end the franchise. Just a just a very <clears throat> interesting observation I I noticed in uh, I can't remember which character it is in the airport, but she's <laughs> but she's reading Henry Miller's Tropic Tropic of Cancer book. It's fucking awesome. Just something random I've never noticed before. I just love that. Well, I love I love Stifler uh, spilling his whoppers. I was like, no, not the whoppers. Yeah, not the whoppers. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. How weird is it that Sean William Scott's in this film? Well, that's before American Pie, wasn't it? Or uh, yeah, it was no, after ninety nine. Was this, American yeah, Pie? Yeah, this is actually after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, a really odd thing that happened to me when I was watching this Final Destination film was um, when uh, when Buddy's checking in. I think it's. Uh, is Matt what's his, what's the lead character's name again? Alex. <laughs> Alex. That's right. I think when he's checking in, the CSA says to him, um, I think she confirms his birth date, which yeah. was September 25th. By chance, I was actually watching this movie on September 25th. I was like, that's fucking uh, true. You know, I just, I just, I was like, that's so fucking. Weird. I just, I just made this observation. I don't know if I'm right. Maybe I'm watching too many Argento films, but I thought uh, the main character and his friend was a. Uh, were uh, gay lovers <clears throat> you just get that vibe like when they were like standing in front of the memorial and they're like oh i miss you you know my dad doesn't let you talk it's yep. like oh yeah when he gets over we could go to the baseball game i was like i don't, these guys I don't are think totally... there was supposed to be that much substance in the film i was like I these mean, guys are that, totally that gay lovers i definitely <laughs> never got that vibe but you know interesting no, I think, I think you say that. That, but it is interesting but yeah i don't know so. i just i just got that vibe when they were standing in front of the memorial and they were you know I mean, after you mentioned it, I mean, I can see how you would see it that way, possibly. So it doesn't sound like that far out of left field, but um, definitely something I didn't consider. Maybe I'm watching too many Artrento films, like I said. <laughs> so I th- one thing that I really like about the Final Destination films, and I-, I love this franchise. I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, but the first one, the first one is very original, right? I yeah, mean, it's, it's, it's death itself that is after these uh, these kids and it's it's a quite an original film for the first one but i also like and and it goes on throughout the series is before premonition everything has this real eerie atmosphere and they do a good job with the wind and and really you know uh the techniques of of displaying that eerie atmosphere and i've always death, liked that about these death films. is approaching yep. yeah there's signs everything just feels a bit off you know the, the you're seeing you know words that that 
are, are weird, you know, die or whatever. And, and the wind and the noises, you know, the the sounds. And it's always just the one character who who is kind of like seeing it. Uh, and, and it kind of makes you wonder, like, you know, death is all around us at all times. And the characters um, don't notice it. And maybe it's because he is so aware that he has the premonition. Maybe maybe it's because he is the, the most aware out of everybody around him. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, there there has to be some type of explanation for this, right? It's not a bad one. Yeah. So. Prequel. No, don't do that. Like way back no. in the medieval times, man. No, don't, don't do that. You and know have Tony have... Todd, and have Tony Todd there. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, actually, <laughs> yes, have Tony Todd there. Um, but no, that that has actually been a thought by the producers. I I, I remember hearing that on a podcast. Uh, the producer was on a podcast, and he said they they thought about that before. Wow, crazy. Uh, yeah. Um, I think I think the um the very first you know major. Uh, major disaster that they used in the uh, Final Destination franchise. Using a plane is is a really good one. Yeah, I'm fucking. I'm afraid of flying. So it's mm-hmm. like... yeah, because I think a lot of people do have that fear of flying and stuff. But using that as a major disaster is is really really effective. I think that was a good first choice. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have to say though, man, like these like the effects in these films are just especially Final Destination two. The the effects are very dated man yeah in in the first one yes absolutely second one too man man like you just oh man i i really did notice in the first film like but yeah it kind of it i guess it hurts it a little bit you know because it does seem so dated and stuff but Mm -hmm. i don't know but i I also think that the acting is pretty damn dated man I, i thought the acting in the first one was was actually really bad when I was watching mm-hmm. it. it. Well, maybe I, that's why I got the gay vibe. Who knows? Well, I got, I got to say, yeah, Sean William Scott, man, not one of his better roles. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> None of his roles are better roles. No, he, he seems very awkward and just like kind He's of... He's supposed pushing. to be paranoid and um, like on edge, but it just comes off bad. No, it does come off bad. Yeah. Tony when Todd does, does great as always. When he does like that Adam Sandler voice, like, you know, he, he, he you know, changes his voice. It's just so annoying. <laughs> no. But that you know, that's just the way he is. Yeah, man, this ah, <laughs> uh, fucking CGI, man, so questionable in the film. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. Uh, watching it again, I was like, wow, damn. I'm like, Jesus. It just, it just seemed like it was so fucking ninety CGI, and I guess I, I mean two thousand is pretty much there. But yeah, I don't know. Um, the interesting thing about this one, this film, to me, was the. This one has the least amount of like main characters, so it has like the smallest body count out of all the films. Yeah, um, they basically only have I think seven total survivors that you know exit the plane, um, which is interesting how they did it. So this the kills are quite spread out in this film and stuff, which I think they did a good job with that though. They didn't kind of over you know some of the other films have a little higher body counts and whatnot, but I think this one actually is is paced quite well and it actually quite works for only having a body count of five in this film. Yeah. I it, think they did a pretty good job with it actually. It relies a lot on tension. Mm-hmm. When you see all the thing and all the films do this, but you see everything around the people, you know, uh, drains leaking and this happening yeah. and and you you're just waiting and you're Lots waiting, of fake waiting. Outs. And, and there's there's fake outs and um 
Well, the, basically, the deaths are just really, really prolonged. You know, there's lots of things kind of building up to it and stuff. And that's one thing that's very, uh, almost uh, maybe a little overutilized in the in the Final Destination franchise is the use it of water. Be. Yeah, the use of water is in a lot of different deaths and stuff. And I'm just like, ah, come on, you guys, like be a and little wind. more creative than that. Yeah, and, and wind and stuff like those things are they, they almost become cliched in the later ones. You're just like, really, water again. Um, but, uh, I think it works in this one. It definitely does. Well, obviously because it's like the first film, Yeah. but that brings me to the very first kill in the film, uh, or the very first death, I should say, I guess we could call it a kill if mm-hmm. it's death killing you. Right. <laughs> yep. Um, I guess these, the franchise is a supernatural slasher. Death is killing pretty people much. One one. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> it was kind of, I actually made myself laugh with that. I was watching the film going, this is a fucking supernatural, uh, slasher. <laughs> um, but uh yeah the uh okay the very first the very first death in the in the first film um what's his name Todd I think his name was uh in the bathroom okay oh yeah Seriously? when he gets his neck hung yeah like okay that that death actually makes me laugh because he's being so awkward about everything like he's shaving and he's just <sighs> moving around and he's doing all these random things kind of out of order and stuff like didn't seem like the most awkward scene <laughs> i think it's like so unrealistic what happened it did. <laughs> what 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 was that they got wrapped around his neck by the way Looks like a like a fishing line or something <laughs> i can't remember i just remember something being wrapped around his neck but i can't remember what it was yeah, I thought maybe it was part of the shower, the curtain. shower curtain or yeah. something like that. Yeah, I mean, but, like, I like... leading up to that though, like when he's like shaving and he's like you know doing all this other type stuff, I'm just like, oh my god, dude, like settle, settle down, just you know, focus your time on one thing, shave your face. Yeah, like he's like, you know, he's like he's going to shave, or no, he actually was shaving with no shaving cream, which was bugging the fucking hell out of me. He was trying to he's... he was trying to uh, look good for his friend. Yeah, then, wink, like wink. I think he cuts himself or something, and then he's like cutting his nose hairs, and then he's like plugging in his stereo, and then he's like doing this and doing that. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> it's just a very awkward scene, man. Very awkward. But I, I like how he, the the you know like the shampoo bottles and stuff uh, leaked into the you know that that's why he couldn't stand up being choked in in a shower like that. I thought yeah, that, yeah. that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, it, definitely creative though. Totally. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, you standing on shit. There's no way you're going to be able to stand up in that porcelain tub. No way. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I do, I do agree that some of the deaths are, are a little bit, you know, over the top ish. Um, but this one seemed to be somewhere in the middle. Like the the death itself was like fine, uh, but you know, mm-hmm. so much stuff happened for that to happen to him. You know, the the yeah yeah the cogs in the mm-hmm. death machine. There was a lot of cogs in that one. I think that there's a lot more, you know, better deaths with, you know, a longer, you know, just as long of a buildup, you know, in some of the later ones in that one. It just seemed very, seemed awkward. I don't know. Do you ever get the feeling that the Final Destination films don't know how to end? Yeah. They always, like, have to end with the way, like, oh, we have to kill these characters off as quickly as we can. It's like, but you just defeat no, the purpose of your whole fucking movie. No, I, I mean, like, they don't know how to write an ending. Like, they don't know mm-hmm. how to end it. Yeah, they yeah. always die. <laughs> yeah, with, um, well, it's it, it, it's interesting because Final Destination 1 and 2, uh, I guess, are kind of similar. That's what I liked about them, but, but the way that three- Todd dies, or the way that the main character in Final Destination 1 dies in Final Destination 2, just pissed me the fuck off to no end. 
dude. It's like really, dude. he's gonna die by having a brick fall on him. Really? No, it, it's not even the fact of how they said he died. It's how they did it. Yeah, you literally read that off a of fucking newspaper clipping. Yeah, like there's nothing there, and it's just like really, like he's you? fucking dead. It did bug me. Why? Because he died from a fucking brick falling on his head. Because he's That's just all of a sudden dead. You know, you've got you've got the other character, which is um, how the fuck did he like dodge a sign or get you know survive getting pushed? Because out it's from the, the sign, it's the but... it's the big things you're looking out for. It's not like the little things that you are looking out for. So I thought it made sense. It was like okay. yeah, he was so aware of everything, but like something little. How the fuck does a brick no? It's kill just somebody? it's just how they did. It. I don't care like that the brick killed him. It's just all of a sudden you just oh he's dead. That you find out just by reading the newspaper clipping. It's like there was no build up to it or nothing. It's just it, all of a sudden he was just dead. You know, I, and then I think all of a sudden, what it was, and then, and then and then his girlfriend shows up and she's like a main character throughout part two. Yeah. So let, let's kind of do it this way. I mean, it was probably a reason for that guy not returning yeah. and the girl returning. So maybe, you know, they didn't want to spend too much time on it. I mean, maybe they mm. should have done it in dialogue. But I looked at it like so most films don't even mention it. But this film went and like threw a little something towards the audience to, to the audience that was paying it, attention. Mm-hmm. I think I think they had to mention it because it'd be like, where the hell is he? We all know he lived. So it's like, where'd he, where'd he go? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't first, yeah, know that he I, lived. Yes, we do. Why would he not live? Well, no, because I mean the movie ends, and I mean he's not clearly dead. Yeah, he no, gets pushed not, out of but, the way. But, right, but I mean you, and it's and it's quite apparent too when Final Destination Two is going, and then you find out like he died like from this random brick or whatever. I just think it was done a little poorly. I think that there could have been more dialogue, you know, just something to the effect of people being like, "Oh, you know, Alex, fucking blah blah blah," you know, just just done it a little differently. It was just kind of. Okay. Like overly too subtle. It's just like I like how they did it. Dead. Really, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm not a big fan. Yeah, but, I agree with you, Moods. But uh, I don't know. Getting back to the getting back to the first film. Yeah, um, was the second. <laughs> the lowest body count in you know out of the film. There's only five deaths. Uh, <laughs> but it actually has one of my favorite deaths in the franchise, which we'll get to later. But. Um, so I don't know what like what is your overall thoughts on the film? I think like I said I think I think it's actually done pretty well like like I said you know it's not oversaturated with like people fucking I think some of the later sequels It's a little simpler. It, it well, with the later the later sequels I think basically the body counts are a little higher so it kind of goes from scene to scene you know after like you know the the first act it's like scene after scene of just people and build ups to their deaths and stuff it just seems very kind of redundant and stuff. This one seems a little fresh and it seems yeah, a little more spread new. out and stuff something new you know, yeah I gotta give him i gotta give him credit for coming up with something new. yeah i mean this was very original for the time you know mm-hmm. exactly yeah. and also i you know we we didn't touch on he's also being like framed like like he or yeah. you know the, the police think it's him because he grabs the knife of the dead teacher and they're already suspicious of him i mean who wouldn't be yeah. so i kind of always like that angle in in these yeah. films and i, I almost wish they would play it up a little bit more sometimes but then again you know it works good in the first film uh so he's on the run from the police and trying to you know if you intervene and save somebody then death skips that person and then it loops Mm -hmm. around and it just it's a continuous you know trying to get the next person and uh, you know that that you know i think that 
they almost should have played up more, you know, going into the sequel again. Um, the paranoia of the Claire person who's been who's been dodging death for all these years, you know, because, um, and you know, it skips you, but then it comes back eventually, right? I mean, and mm. I I just see this pattern of Claire, uh, Rivers and and Alex for year for you know a long time, like just dodging death. Now it's back to you, dodging death, and then eventually they, they just lose a uh, you know focus, and and that's how Alex died, that- you know. <laughs> And a Halloween and I, 2 homage, you know. And, yeah, and, and I, I, I really like how they did touch on that, like in part five, obviously. Yeah. With, you know, the whole death coming back around and then what they introduced in part five and stuff. I think that was actually pretty kind of interesting. Um, part one. But yeah, I mean, what's that? Uh, I was just saying part one. Um, I, I don't think there's a whole lot more to say say about it. Do you guys have anything? Overall, the deaths in this film, and I mean, essentially, that's what these movies are really about. They you know, is on-screen deaths and stuff. It's that's the entertainment in it. Um, I think the deaths in this film were actually pretty well done, mm-hmm. uh, with the exception of the shoddy CGI. But the, just the idea of the deaths are pretty good. Yeah, um, I re- really didn't have a problem. I think they were pretty damn creative and stuff. Um, one really odd thing that I did notice in this film is the last names of a bunch of the victims or a bunch of the the main characters. Um, mm-hmm. The names like. Browning, uh, Cheney, Hitchcock. <laughs> Isn't that fucking odd? I didn't notice that until like, you say it. All these, all these horror icons. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I noticed some it weird, too. some weird, some what, just odd thing that I noticed. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, I don't know if that was. I mean, it has to be done purposely. That's too much of a coincidence, right? Maybe yeah. having the last name Browning and maybe Cheney or something like that. But Hitchcock yeah. in there. I mean, that's pretty fucking blatant. So, just a little odd little tidbit that I noticed, but. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really know what else to say about the movie. I think the overall premise is actually quite brilliant. It's a really interesting premise for a film. So. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, and, that's, that's a big word. And I like that brilliant. they, with the rules of like, it was kind of an interesting thing. And, you know, the mythology expands in, in the later films. But, you know, if you, if you skip, if you cheat death by somehow having this um, premonition, which, you know, like you guys said, it'd be interesting to find out why they have it. But, um, mm-hmm. if you skip death it, it you can't skip death it, it'll keep coming for you if you were supposed yeah. to die but when you intervene it skips that person plan. and that yeah I, I, I love that idea it works so well and it just seems like the yeah. possibilities are endless um, so yeah final destination I just love how it's written in stone though like death has a plan yeah if you cheat it it's gonna come back and get you so I know this is like a stupid fucking question but the people who get skipped always end up dying anyway that's because death mm-hmm. never ends. It just goes to the next person, but eventually comes back to. Oh, okay. Yeah, because death, death's original plan was for you to die in that, you know, that plane yeah, yeah, yeah. blowing up, right? So, so you know, it'll just regardless keep coming and coming and coming until it eventually gets you. And yeah. that's what's so. That's why I think they have such a hard time ending them is because like death just does not stop. Mm-hmm. So basically, like, the premonition itself is almost the villain. Yes. You know? I mean, because, I mean, they wouldn't know that they're going to die on that plane crash. So they die, then they don't have to worry about, you know, all this bullshit, you know, trying to escape death for however long they're trying to do it. But the premonition is actually, you know, it's kind of the villain itself. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool. Yeah, it just feels like an accident. Like, it, it just feels like some kind of accident in the design of, of death, like a flaw. And it's just like... It, 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 I like it. It's just really cool. It is. It is. 
I got to say, it is a shame, though, that they never do explain why they have these premonitions. But I think it would have been a really interesting kind of thing to have in the film. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's not essential that you need to know why it just happens. But it would have been really interesting to see what they actually came up with, why these certain type of people, why, like, you know, Alex is having this premonition and, and fucking uh, Todd isn't. You know, they were at the same place at the same time. And that's what I find kind of interesting about it. So, hmm. but yeah, what makes them special? <laughs> but uh, yeah, Final Destination uh, ratings on this one, Jeremy? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. Um, it's pretty original for 2000, and it has some has some interesting kills, but like you said, some things are a little bit iffy. Uh, Tony Todd's performance is fucking awesome. He's just as creepy as he was in Candyman. So that's another point, at least, for just Tony Todd. So 7 out of 10. Yeah. Um, me, uh, I pretty much agree. You know, 7 out of 10. I do think there's room in sequels to, you know, explore that idea of, like, why do they have the premonition? So, you know, it's obviously not in the first five films, but, you know, that's something to that maybe they could write a script on. Um, so yeah, seven out of 10 for final destination. It's solid, uh, 2000, not a whole lot of great stuff coming out. It's very original. You know, we think of it now and it doesn't seem as original because the sequels are sort of the same thing over and over again. Um, but yeah, final destination, seven out of 10. Uh, that's very, very odd. This never really happens, but that's exactly what I have written down. (laughs) Seven out of 10. Um, yeah, very, very rare that we all rate something the exact same uh, with a seven. But yeah, I, I mean, I think a seven is a fair assessment. You know, it's not like, you know, it's not amazing. Um, I, I think it might have gotten a higher rating for me in 2000. I'm, I was the, seriously thinking that too, dude. I remember having more strong feelings when things were happening. I didn't have mm-hmm. as much like uh, like feelings happening when I was watching it th- this time. Mm-hmm. I think a lot for me is just the uh just the effects and stuff you know back in 2000 we didn't really know a lot we didn't obviously know any different but you know watching it 14 years later and it's dated quite a bit and actually some of it does look pretty bad but and and the characters are pretty generic also i think that's what kind of hurts this one too is the characters besides you know the two main ones nobody's really memorable even sean sean william scott isn't that memorable right i mean he did nothing to really stand out Mm -hmm. that's a really That is a good point, actually, with the characters. We never brought it up. But, yeah, they are very, very forgettable. Throughout the entire series, though, to be completely honest. Well, that's one thing that that this franchise doesn't do a lot of, actually doesn't do any of, is character development at all. Because it's not really – like, I I think the point, like, it's not really about these characters. It's about what they're – their destiny is like in final destination three they're really bad like yeah see like the really characters are just, they're all expendable right like they're there to basically die for our entertainment so character development i don't think would really possibly work for this franchise but uh, yeah i will but say the there's an are, they are a little stale though I, I will say the exception is in final destination two and i do think those characters are a little bit more properly developed um and also a bit yeah. more likable mm-hmm and I think there's a reason for that too and we'll get into that here so is that guy drinking beer? wow (laughs) 
Kimberly, look at me. Oh my god. What did you see? There's gonna be a huge accident. Everybody's gonna die. Being alive after we were supposed to die it caused a rift in death's design. Which means death could be coming for us. I have this really bad feeling. It's not over yet. Final Destination 2 from the year 2000. Uh, same story. This time we have Kimberly who has a premonition on a highway about a highway pileup. And after the premonition, she saves everybody. Same thing. Death is picking them off one by one. Only difference is this time death is working in reverse order uh, because these characters are somehow connected to the characters in Final Destination 1. So she's getting premonitions. She's trying to get people warn people so it can skip them and also they throw a curveball in it where they're trying to find a way to stop the chain permanently and death uh new life can stop the chain so there's a woman who's pregnant who they're trying to uh save yeah that's pretty much yep. it that's what it is <laughs> um you know, I read off the hop here. I will say that uh, Final Destination Two, the opening premonition, is definitely my favorite one. It definitely is. It is yeah. out of solid. all five. <laughs> like the highway crash, man, is fucking brutal. What did man. I? What did I text you last night? I was like, I cannot wait to talk about how many fucking explosions there are in this movie. Yeah, like, man. there's so many explosions. It's crazy. Yeah, I think they really upped the ante from the first one to the, the you know, this premonition was fucking insane. Yeah, yeah a lot it of was, practicals, it, it, too, in the yeah. explosions yeah. And, and things. Yeah, totally. So, um, And, you know, it starts with that log coming through the police car, man. That is epic. Yeah. <laughs> it's so fucking epic. And it's man. practical, it's too, which is like, oh, it's, it looks yeah. good. Yeah. <clears throat> So as always, we don't spend a whole lot of time with with some of the characters, but I do think just the brief backstory they give on each person does add to some character development. I mean, you have the guy who won the lottery. He's kind of our first victim, a mm-hmm. uh, bit of a douchebag looking dude. Really shitty shitty guy on that part, on the kill. It looked uh, really bad. <laughs> really? And it, and it was through the eye. Yeah, I, thought I actually like that kill a lot. I didn't say I didn't like the, the kill. I just thought it looked really shitty. That one right there was such a huge buildup. <laughs> it's yeah, a long I love scene. That it's a long that's, scene. That's one of my favorite buildups in, in the in the I think franchise. The, yeah, I, I wanted his the, arm to get cut off in the garbage disposal, man. I was just like waiting. Well, I think that's what they want you to. Yeah. But I, I think actually one of the most creative things was having that magnet fall into the leftover Chinese food. Yeah. <laughs> that's really essentially what makes up the whole scene, man. That's so fucking awesome. Yeah. I love that thing. And that part was really cool. But yeah, there's a lot of things going wrong in that with it. And you know what, man, that fire is exactly like it. I had fire flashbacks, dude. That is exactly like the feeling. It's just like it's just building and building and building. It's like, oh, my God. So the, mm-hmm. it was definitely a little more personal watching that because that's what the fire looked like. It was on the yeah. stove like that. You know what I mean? So I was like and seeing how fast it spread, you know, it, it really is pretty cool. So unlike the first film. Uh, obviously in the first film, all the, the survivors are classmates, friends and whatnot. Uh, they really changed it up in final destination Two, In my opinion, they they're basically, yeah. they're adults for one thing and they don't know each other. Yeah. Essentially yeah. all the, all the survivors of the, you know, of the crash, uh, are strangers. They're all strangers. So now they have to work together in a different it's it's it just has a different kind of tone to it because these people don't know each other and 
you know, some of them were a little hostile. Of course, every one of the Final Destination films has that like real hostile character that totally doesn't believe yeah, that yeah. death is coming back for them. It, it's kind of it gets real cliche. And actually. he's always black. <laughs> yeah, I have. To, but, I just have to throw that out there. Not being racist, but he's always black. I actually didn't even notice that. That's funny. Yep. Um, but yeah, in this one, yeah, they're all strangers and they have to, you know, work together. Well, not well, kind of, I guess. But I, I like that premise, though. I really did like that. Yeah, I, I love when they all get together in the in the thing and discuss. Like they're they're trying to figure it out. I, I like those scenes. Um, I do like the 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 druggie. Like he actually reminds me of 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 a a friend's cousin who. See, I thought you. Com- sorry, JP. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I thought you reminded me of Anthony Kiedis from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. From <laughs> back in the day, I was like, look, I thought that's what, exactly what he looked like. So I was like, hmm. uh, remind he's me of kind of our comedic relief a bit, and yeah. and uh, I don't know, I, I just kind of like that character. I th- I th- he reminded me of somebody I actually know. So that was, uh, uh, what was his name? Rory. Yeah, Rory. So, because I remember, I, I specifically remember because <laughs> the scene when he's talking about, he's talking to uh, what's her face? Uh, can't remember. But he's he's asking her. He's like, "Well, if you know, if I die, he's like, can you get rid of all my yeah. drug paraphernalia, yeah. porno, and stuff?" And yeah, just the way he's anything that'll being... break my mom's heart. That was yeah. kind of sad, man. I know. Yeah, and then and then course. he died with but... shitty, shitty CGI. Dude, yeah. That death is not that bad. I I think it's a pretty good one, actually. It's still CGI, and it looks like crap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Final Destination uh, Three, though, is all practical, which I gotta give him. What the fuck? No, there's there's a lot of CGI in part what three. Really? CGI more, way more than part two. Maybe maybe that doesn't involve so much that I don't. That know roller coaster. Much. Oh man. Oh my oh, god. Oh yeah, the we'll roller coaster for minute. sure. But but you know, final, not CGI. I got to say though, the whole print like they do change this up quite a bit in part two. This is what separates part two, I think, in the franchise quite a bit is that you know all these victims they finally figure out that they're kind of all connected somehow to the. You know, to the um, the survivors, they didn't have to do that. Final destiny, they didn't have to, and I think it was really cool. And then they all kind of realize why they're there. You know, they've all once cheated death themselves, and that's it's kind of come full circle on them now. And I really thought that premise was fucking awesome. Yeah, I think it's the butterfly effect. It totally is. It's really, really cool how they did that and how they developed it and stuff. Um, Yeah, I think it really worked. It really worked. It was. It's just a minor, minor twist, but. It was it was effective though. It was effective. I think it was cool. I think okay. I think what it is is Death got lazy during that plane crash, and and he he sent out too many hints. He was being lazy, and it caused Alex to notice like all the shit that Death was doing messed up. So now Death is like, I just picture this dude like like the Grim Reaper, like just running around like, oh my god, I fucked everything up. I'm gonna get in so much trouble, like because this huge ripple effect comes out, and like now there's all these people that should have died. <laughs> And now he's like double timing it, trying to kill all of them, doing all this crazy shit. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, I have to say though, overall, like the kills in uh, or the death scenes, I was calling kills, whatever, however you want to interpret it, um, are awesome. I think there's a lot of good ones in Final Destination too. I think it's the best in the franchise. Yeah, the overall sure. scope of deaths. Yeah, for yeah, sure. the deaths and just the premise and it, it, this movie just seems like. Yeah, and plus the body count is like, well, more than doubled from the first film. I think there's twelve in this film, which is pretty cool. But I, it, it was utilized effectively, effectively too, in my opinion, anyways. But 
Yeah, and I think the I signs of the early premonition are even more eerie and stuff in this one. The Highway to Hell song, the you know, the pile up, it, it, all all this shit that she's seeing on the road is just like you know. Yeah. And I love how what... like the reference to the first film was like next one eighty. I thought that was fucking awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. even the intro at the very beginning when the guy's talking on the uh, TV and he's like, you know, Flight One Eighty was this, and you know. They 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 knew they had a permanent like I like that stuff man that that was a cool opening. That's one thing about these movies though is actually quite uh, interesting is the um, the news reports and like all the films sound so fucking legit. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah. all sound yeah. so good. You know, yeah. it's like you're actually listening to the the real news. I don't know. I, it's and, just something that I thought was well done. And now, at, like all the people can see the signs, and it kind of goes to my argument a, a little bit more that that anybody can see death coming as long as they're hyper aware that death mm-hmm. is going to get them. Like if, if you knew that you were about to die, you would be very, very aware. So if death is this entity that um, is actually going out and doing this, then he is going to make mistakes. So, you know, even it's a force, but I mean, in well, the final destination world, uh, you I can mean, you see could use the, the argument signs. that, death has you know death always has a plan Mm -hmm. so if you if you can beat that plan at that moment in time then you may be able to yeah walk away and it makes sense that if you feel like you're gonna die or or you know actually they know that they're gonna die they know that they're gonna die soon so they're hyper aware of things around them which i like it's cool Mm -hmm. i love the guy in the elevator with the hooks i was just thinking of candy man there (laughs) When he's oh, like yeah. sniffing her, I was like, "Oh, that's Candyman hooks, man." Mm-hmm. Tony Todd later yeah. on. See, Tony Todd knows it all. That's why he's definitely a big part of what's really going on. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? He he knows all that. Like you know, he he tells them that you know life can, uh, you know, stop the chain or whatever. But he but doesn't want to is... tell them. So is there something up with that? You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's. Hmm. I'm very cryptic scene, about everything. I think is is Tony Todd only visible and only can talk to the potential victims in the films too, it, which it, would kind it, of solidify we, his point at his spot as being death yes. itself. Because I don't recall Tony Todd ever having talking to someone else that was not part of Death's plan. No, and and it's funny that he's. You know, and he quite use- literally is like the Grim Reaper because he's a coroner and stuff. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean, yeah. like it, it's it all like you know fits very nice. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, yeah, that's cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> so cool uh, Final Destination two uh, ending. Do you guys like the ending? <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of up in the air on the ending on this film a little bit. Um, I mean, I don't want to like completely give it away or anything, but I don't know. I don't. There was a twist that was alright. I guess. I mean, I guess so. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I think, I think maybe they just kind of took it one step further without because it it just kind of leaves you going, okay. But I think, <laughs> I think really, I think really if to make that type of ending more effective is that it should have been, you know, more kind of explored in the next one mm-hmm. kind of yeah. thing to make that kind of work, which it isn't right. So mm, 
I don't know. I, I'm kind of up in the fence. I did like that scene, though. I thought it was pretty <laughs> fucking funny. Yeah, I laughed I pretty hard, too. Because they, they throw... There's there's quite a bit of com Like, com, like it, this movie definitely has, you know, more comedy elements than the first one. Yeah. And then, like, sure. the body like, the first one is straight up kind of a darker feel and stuff. But this one right here definitely has its moments where it's pretty funny and yeah, stuff. And like that end scene really kind of... Like, when the body part, like, falls on the table, I just was, like, cracking up. Oh, yeah. I know. I, th- I, I think what impresses me about this one, though, is it could have just been uh, what, you know, Final Destination 3 and 4 are, and that's simply just for the kills, you know, just a cash-in <laughs> again. But this yeah. one actually makes an attempt to, to have a narrative here with connecting the films and adding yeah. some new stuff. It, it really does feel like they, they were giving, you know, a, a decent effort in trying to make, you know, this film stand out a little well, bit. Of course they did, though, because they really, you know, explore obviously with the connection to the the flight 180 uh, survivor survivors and stuff. But I think they really tried to explore it with um, with uh, the 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 birth of the baby, yeah, and stuff. I think that was a, a nice touch, and it's something that's really not touched on again at all, except for you know, in part five, I think that's when things kind of change up a little bit. But we'll get yeah. There. So so Final Destination two, I. I like it a lot. I don't have much more to say about it. Do you guys? No, not really. I, I don't want to give like I don't want to give you know all the kills and stuff away. So yeah, you know, and that's essentially what the other part of the film that we haven't talked about is is the kills. Um, yeah, ratings. Wait, wait. Can I just say one other thing? Yeah. Just pissed me off that Kimberly wasn't played by the same actress. They pulled the hatchet. Um, I didn't think she was. I, I I didn't know for sure. I didn't look it up. But yeah, I, yeah, it's for sure. It was a different person. Wait. Is it Kimberly or is it clear? No, it's clear. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Clear. That wasn't the same person? Maybe it was. I don't know. No, it is. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I was pretty positive it was the same actress. Yeah, yeah. It, she just has different uh, hair. Yeah. yeah. That's what totally. threw you off. Because I, I was wondering if it was too, but... No, I yeah, was I positive it, it was. I was, thought, I was questioning myself there for a second. <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh shit, maybe don't, it was. Don't, don't listen to me tonight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so ratings on Final Destination 2. Uh, who you wants go, to go first? You go, JP. I went first last. All right. Uh, I give Final Destination 2 a 7.5 out of 10. Uh, yeah, um, that's uh, exactly what I have written down, 7.5 out of 10. So we are pretty much on the same page here. Nice, well. nice. Are you ready for this? Seven and a half out of ten. Oh wow! <laughs> well, this is a fucking uh, twenty-two shots of moods and horror first. A little eerie here, guys. A Two little film- eerie. It is. Well, what the fuck? <laughs> we got to pay attention to these. These signs. movies are all about being eerie, and this is getting weird. Well, it's only going to go downhill from here. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So, Final Destination <laughs> Three: the uh, the roller coaster disaster, okay, which is so- physically impossible, but. Coaster. 
We're still going to die. Unless we can figure out how to stop it. I never thought I could see my own death before it happened. Final Destination 3 from the year 2006. This follows high schoolers again. This is a senior uh, trip to an amusement park uh, where the students board a roller coaster. She gets that's the premonition this time. Uh, she gets a premonition, gets everybody off the roller coaster, and once again she has clues to their upcoming deaths once they cheat death. And this time. She has her clues in photographs that she took throughout the night. So they kind of changed it up a bit. And she's a fucking bitch. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, it was it was an attempt. I think it was a little far-fetched with the with the pictures a little bit. Yeah. I didn't but, like it. I, I appreciated the effort a little bit, but yeah. I, I didn't like it. Um I, I the kind of but then again, I do kind of like the, the the premonitions that are a bit more um, like the first film where like a fan cuts up a piece of paper and there's like a word Todd on the paper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I like the ones that are more simple like that instead of the ones you get in four, which are like flashes of craziness mm-hmm. CGI. Mm-hmm. Um, (laughs) so yeah, uh, final destination three, I love the roller coaster idea, but unfortunately I think that the physics in it are just awful. I just feel like nothing, everything feels animated. Um, and not just cause it's CGI a lot of it, but actually like, it just feels like a cartoon. Like the physics are really off. Yeah, it really does. It's, it's, it's executed poorly. And this, this one came out in what, 2006? Yeah, four years after. I think the CGI, I think the CGI looks worse in this one than it does in the fucking first one. I agree. I like to drive, I like to drive through kill. That was practical. Yeah, I mean, like, that's the thing. But I I think the roller coaster scene itself is just, yeah, but that's bad. it's pretty yeah. poorly done. It's yeah, pretty yeah. poorly done. And I actually have um, a fucking major issue with that, too, that I noticed. Um, seen in the premonition uh, with the roller coaster, the main reason why that roller coaster derails itself and goes fucking haywire is, is that be- camera is because Buddy drops his camera and it wraps around the rail. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's essentially what derails it. See, Hence I thought my fucking that, problem with this motherfucking movie. But I, I think you're missing a detail. And wasn't some wasn't like a hydraulic leaking beforehand, yeah. though? Yeah. OK. And I think the camera like rips it the rest of the way. I think that bullshit. was supposed to be what it was. Yeah. So in the original pre- premonition, the camera wraps around and then the roller coaster hits the camera and it tears the fucking hydraulic line. Yeah. And that's in real life, he's not on the ride, so how the fuck did that happen? I know. This is what I'm getting at, and this is essentially what causes the entire accident and premonition. Um, so, of course, he gets removed from the... Oh, okay. I get what he you're gets, saying. But he gets removed from wow. the roller coaster, and then this thing derails itself. But the, the hydraulic leak was not the cause. It was the camera yeah. that essentially derailed this whole thing. But without that guy on the roller coaster, this never could have happened. Even yeah. with a even with a hydraulic leak, it's not essentially what caused the accident. And I was actually watching this with the wife, and she's like, "Yeah, that's fucking weird." Absolutely. And I, I actually went back. I shit you not. I even rewound it. I'm like, "Did I miss something myself?" Because I'm taking notes here. And she's like, "No, you're right. They fucked up." <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, that's a big fuck up." So, yeah. 
Yeah, I actually I, I, was, I had a lot of good I job. Had, yeah, it's I had a lot. I had a lot of fucking problems with that right away, and I was like, "That really sucks, man," because that's right in the beginning of the film, and I'm like, "That's not a good start." Um, so that bugged me. That bugged me a lot. Um, yeah, but I don't know. Um, I you know, we, I, in this one. I guess after the fact, you know, the whole roller coaster and stuff. The rest of the film, I thought it was like I said, I think it was a little far fetched with the cam or with the with the pictures. You know, yeah, figuring definitely out the premonition. way more over to- over the top with some of the kills as well. You know, it, especially that early premonition, like you said. But even the fact that the camera like falls and wraps like perfectly around it. I mean, we see that throughout the series, but that was just ridiculous. I can't yeah, believe yeah. it. I can't believe it. What the box office was for this movie in North America: fifty-four million ninety-eight thousand fifty. Yeah, but you're coming off of Final Destination two, which we all just rated but higher. That was than four years that. after, though. Three years before this one though mm-hmm. yeah but i mean i don't know i don't, I don't know think... i think 55 million is a lot for a sequel i think film in i think anytime you come off of something really good though that i that, that you know if you come off a of part two that's good i think most of the time you go to the part three mm-hmm. i know the dvd had like a like a choose your own fate. choose your own death yeah. I was, yeah choose your own fate i was gonna bring that up man yeah. that is that I, I actually bought it for that reason they got me yeah, when I was a kid, you know, I was like, I forget yeah. how old I was during that time. I remember actually doing that when I. It was I pretty. Didn't, awful. I didn't do it. I didn't do it this time around. I can't even remember what it was yeah, like. It was but, awful. I think um, one of them was like the exact same thing. It's like dodge left, hit by a sign. Dodge right, hit by a sign. I was like, well, that's <laughs> cheap. It's like. <laughs> that's hilarious. But also, I, the characters are really bad in this one, like uh, Jeremy mentioned. But one guy in particular, the guy. Who is like the the jock douchebag yeah. and all and complete character shift that that is not warranted. Like it, there, there's no reason for it. It annoys me. Oh, the uh... talking about the kid from Ginger Snaps or like the black guy, the the, 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 the dude, fo- the, the friend, player. yeah, the friend right. of of the the yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, well. <laughs> He's the guy, man. He, you know, he doesn't. He does not want to believe that. You know what they believe yeah. that death has a has a plan. But no, he's the one that brings it up. Are we talking about the guy in the weight room? Yeah, are we talking about no. The black guy? We're talking about the the lead the the lead male, the second. You know the the second in. Oh lead. yeah, yeah. The um, football player. Hmm. He was he was like the opposite. It was like a a, a double date, right? There was the girl and her boy, the lead girl yeah. and her boyfriend, and then the friend and her boyfriend. It's yeah. the the friend's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he starts off like the the guy who's snapping pictures of the girl's underwear and like you know yeah, yeah. just being like the douchey like jock, and then he's like all smart and shit after everything happens, and he's a completely different character. And two, he's the one that brings all the information. He went googling, you know, which is a very uh, common theme in these films but he went and found the flight 180 and the and the pile up thing and then yep. after yeah, she's like yeah up. i think you're right about this he's like oh i don't know about that man yeah <laughs> like what yeah, yeah to- up. <laughs> totally i gotta say that was a pretty good gooch shot they got there though <laughs> that was a good upskirt man it wasn't bad yeah. it wasn't bad but no i know what you're saying though it was yeah they were on the double date and her boyfriend died and his girlfriend died so they had to work together and they weren't even friends and stuff so it was that yeah how about Frankie lunch. Cheeks, man? What's that? Frankie Cheeks. <laughs> Frankie Cheeks, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, that character is oh man, funny, so, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um so in Final Destination three, this is where we get to see our first boobs. Yeah, tanning bed scene. They look like pretty solid, actually. Really, I I I didn't like that one. I gotta say though, I think it was a little far fetched when that board fucking went right in between. Dude, far fetched. The whole fucking (laughs) yeah series is far fetched. But that was a little ridiculous. Come on, dude. It went like if you actually look at the way it's set up, though. There's no way that board could have fallen in there like that. It 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 could by the way that they lift it up at the same time. Like the (laughs) the things that are actually. You know, one in a know. billion or whatever, I'm fine with. But the things that are actually impossible, like that camera falling and wrapping around the track, like those are the ones I'm not, uh, you know, comfortable mm. with. But mm. I, I didn't see the tanning bed board thing being like completely impossible. It, it fell at an angle and when they lift up, it, it slid in between the, the bars. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I guess. I, I And, of course, another scene with water involved, you know, the water yeah. from the uh, – yeah, squishy. <laughs> yeah. I don't well, know. I mean, it, water's like the easiest thing to come by that oh, wind. So totally, totally. But yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't mind that scene. I think that was kind of a nasty way to die. But. The drive-through kill man is fucking one of my favorites in the series. It's good. Really? I think. Yeah. I, I think the effects are fucking awesome in that scene. Oh yeah, that was fucking Frankie Cheeks, was it? Yeah, yeah. Frankie, Frankie Cheeks. Cheeks, man. He. Uh, oh yeah, the fan. Yeah, that, that was fucking, fucking brutal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought it was pretty good too. It's all practical, so it's like, oh, that looks good. Yeah, yeah. Final Destination three. Also, we have Texas Battle in this film. You guys know who that is? No, no. <laughs> he was in Wrong Turn two. He was the black dude. <laughs> his name, his real name is Texas Battle. Really? Yeah. You know Texas Battle. He was the black guy in Wrong Turn. <laughs> He's the black guy in this movie too, JP. Just say the black guy in this movie. And yeah, but I mean, uh, yeah, his name's Texas Battle. I think that's pretty cool. We <laughs> just thought I'd throw that out there. Uh, um, interesting. So I do like once again the callbacks, and, and that's what I always appreciated in the Final Destination franchises. There's a lot of callbacks because yeah. you see the the flight one. They're still talking about the flight 180 thing, which is rare yeah. in the third film, you know. Yeah. Um, and then also they're talking about the. Uh, it's funny because they all these films really do all play out the same way. The premonition happens, you know. They do some, one character does some googling, finds the shit out about Flight 180, and then the, the the lead character tries to tell people, and nobody believes them. And then slowly people start believing them, and they try to dodge death, and it never works. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. There's yeah. So really, not anything more to it than that. This one, <laughs> they did start doing the uh, well, you know, how about I kill you thing mm-hmm. um and one thing that i will bring up you know is i think that they should play on if they make another one they should play on the fact that you're invincible when it's not your turn you know what i'm saying yeah 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 you are literally invincible you can't die they show it in final destination 2 when the guy tries to shoot himself six blanks in a row yeah. uh the guy tries to hang himself in uh fd4 uh i I, I, if somebody like realized like holy shit I'm invincible and maybe this person is a bad person they could go like do some crazy shit or something you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I guess so. Uh, yeah, that's where I actually noted that too. That that's where they introduce. Um, yeah, I guess Ian's character right after his girlfriend gets um, killed uh, in that scene in the um, whatever fucking 
wherever they're working, some kind of yeah, some like Lowe's yeah. or Home Depot yeah, or like some Home shit. Depot. Yeah, like in the warehouse or whatever. But of course, he blames you know the <clears throat> the main characters for uh, what's her name. Yeah, overacting. Is Laura, is Laura the is no? It's Wendy. <laughs> is she? No, Wendy's the main character. But of course, he blames her, and then he goes fucking ballistic, and then yeah, he's gonna go and kill them and shit like that. Um, I just I thought that was just too obvious. Yeah. For some reason, all of these characters reminded me of like Daria. <laughs> Daria, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, J- Jeremy, you said you thought Wendy was a bitch. She was a bitch, man. Like in the beginning when she's like, when he's like, oh, let me talk to you. She's like, we're not even supposed to be together. We don't even like each other. I was like, what a bitch. I kind of like that. <laughs> I thought it was like, you know, a character that like spoke their mind. I don't know. I, I didn't. I thought was, I've always kind of been enjoyed when the characters go against the grain a little bit when your lead character isn't so much like the final girl. You know what I mean? She has a little edge to her and she's like kind of an unhappy person like, sort of a bitch a person i don't mind it on, mm. she'd, she'd get yeah, less that, bitchy as a one-on yeah and that's and that, that brings us to like the third act of this film um i really think the third act in the, it, the third act in this film is is terrible um <laughs> this is where they this is where they introduce the uh you know the second premonition in the yeah. film yeah. and essentially the downfall of all the characters um, but going back to what JP said about, you know, the screenwriters are not being able to write an ending. Do you think this is the ultimate cop out right here? Uh, yeah, I, it's, I guess, I mean, it's just the same shit as yeah. the beginning, right? It, it really, <laughs> it really is. And then it's just, but that's the way the film ends. You yeah. Know, it's, it's just, it's just fucking, that's, it is what it is. You know, it, it it's literally the same problem in all the films. Though they just yeah. don't know how to end them. Yeah, but this, like, where, where's the girl from Final Destination too? But this is where they introduce, you know, like basically no characters, you know, yeah, coming so out that, alive and yeah, yeah. So they basically just they kind of like end the film. But is that effective or is that not effective? You know, it, because essentially that's what the fucking thing is about is about death coming to get you. I, and they kind of I like what they the were supposed reveal. To. I yeah. like the reveal that what was happening, but ending it that way, like just, you mm-hmm. know, cut end, I didn't like. Yeah. I do think it's a cop out, but I, I yeah. did like the reveal when they realized what's going on. I thought that was well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I just had a lot of pride. I, I mean, I guess it, it works on some levels, but at the same time, it's just like, that's the ending. I mean, that's the reaction I have to it. You know, it's like, fuck. Oh, well. I guess those characters aren't carrying over into part four type thing. So, yeah, you know what I'm saying? You know, like there's just like no hope, <laughs> you know, but <clears throat> yeah, I think this is really the first like straight up cash in where it's, it's literally about the deaths. Mm-hmm. Um, the characters are wooden and uninteresting and it's just, and, but to me, I, I actually don't like a lot of the deaths. I, I mean like that, that falling sign death is awful. It looks like a goddamn cartoon. <laughs> oh, well, that was yeah. That was uh, well. It looks shitty in Final Destination two. Also, though, when the glass like falls from the no way. Yeah, I thought it looked You're fucking nuts. Oh, the glass. you need to open your eyes when you watch movies. <laughs> the glass death with the kid dying. Yeah. What <laughs> moods? Back me up on this. Uh, 
I, I will eventually. Um, <laughs> See, Moods thinks it too. That's why he's not saying it. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't know what else to say about the film, man. It's just, it's just yeah. Fuck. I don't know. Uh, ratings. Moods body count. Body count in this one was a little less than the than the than the second one. There was eleven body or eleven people killed in this one. So it was pretty much on par with the second one, but I wouldn't say kill wise, no. I think most of the kills actually come right in the fucking end of the movie. Yeah, three of them. <laughs> so, but yeah. Ratings on Final Destination 3. I'll go first since I haven't gone first. Um, what did I give this? I gave it a 6 out of 10. Oh, that's pretty high. Uh, I also, swear to God, gave it a 6 out of 10. I have them all wrote down right here, and that's exactly what I gave it. <laughs> I'm assuming that Jeremy is not a green. I gave it five and a half. Five and a half. All right. So the streak of the same. I could have just uh, said six. Way to like, go, oh. Jeremy. Yeah, it was but, uh, At least you're honest. So that was the Jews' fault. Always the Jews' fault. All right. So that leads us into uh, Final Destination uh, 4. No, no, it's called The Final Destination. Can we talk about that for a second? That's what right. What the Fuck! Why did they do that? Like that Fast annoys and, me so much. It's like Fast and the Furious and Fast. It's simply, Furious. it's simply a cash grab. Though, oh, this is the final one. This is the final no, film. I think <clears throat> what it is is like they're like, ah, oh, we already called. You know, do we really want to keep naming them? <laughs> like, like they're embarrassed that they made too many or something. They, they named Final Destination Five. Final Destination Five. I know, which even makes fi- the Final Destination even more annoying. It's yeah. so annoying that they did that. Yeah. It ruins it. <laughs> okay, so yeah, in Final Destination 4, that is the Speedway crash. Hey, how old is this place? You got me. We're fine. That's why they built the fence there. gonna die, alright? It's gonna be a crash. Have you lost your mind? You saw it before it actually happened. We're alive and so are a lot of other people. I keep having these visions. I see how the next person's gonna die. What do you mean, the next person? Survivors in the accident. What if we weren't meant to survive? What's going to happen to us? I think we can stop it. Look out! comes out uh 
the Final Destination from the year 2009. That's three years after, uh, whoa, 2000, 2003, 2006, and 2009. Yeah. Hmm. So uh, this one follows a bunch of bland ass characters <laughs> at a uh, you know generic NASCAR event where the cars break and kill people with big ass cgi tires and it's the same premonition bullshit and <laughs> this time uh there's a, th- that's it that it's the, this one no. is exactly there's no. like nothing even okay jp what's your rating <laughs> this one the, <clears throat> this one right here actually starts out with a, some comedic shit i actually laughed out loud at the um the mom with their two boys putting the tampons on the kids ears yeah. i actually didn't really i thought that shit was fucking funny as hell it's disgusting <laughs> Come on, man. That's funny. It's just cotton. No, but it, I mean, I mean, they're supposed to be in a vagina, not an ear. <laughs> Come on, let's face it. That, it is funny. It is funny. So I mean, I thought that was pretty funny. But yeah, I know what you mean, though. The CGI, my my yeah, god, the terrible. the flying when they're they're already outside. <laughs> so this is like the first real kill in the film. Um, oh man, dude, they're outside. Fucking, what the fuck happened? How'd you call that shit? And all of a sudden, that tire comes flying over and kills that. <laughs> oh car. my god, that, that makes absolutely no sense. It would never fly that high. Oh, but dude, the CG is so. Fu- and now we're in 2009, and it looks like fucking 2000 still. Dude, this one is it's is 3D man. I like. I mean, these characters oh. are the worst in the series. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and that's one of the biggest issues with this this film. Watching it in 2D just makes it even worse because because you know this is supposed to be in 3D. I understand these things are supposed to be coming towards you on the screen and stuff, but watching it in 2D is fucking it's torture. I've it's seen really it in 3D bad. and it's still torture. It's horribly. Oh man, I so actually horrible. saw Final Destination Five on IMAX. <laughs> wow wow it actually got released on imax but yeah talk about and that when we get to it. i literally have a note written down here that you hate every character right off the hop in this film yeah. so yeah. jp touched on that there was no there's like no likable characters in this film <laughs> so i you know it's just like what the fuck you know come on um i did notice this of course a lot again, more comedic oh totally totally yeah, like, like the pool scene is just like the pool yeah. desk. This is like, that's, oh, this is where honestly, it's... that's not even funny to me. That that's actually annoying. Like, I find that to be just silly and stupid. Yeah, <laughs> JP getting all serious. But uh, <laughs> one thing I, you know, I mean, they have the homages, you know, to the original film and stuff. They in this one, of course, they're sitting in section one eighty at the uh, yeah. at the speedway. Which which also brings up a point that that number has some significance. I mean, if you're like if you're gonna write a six film and and you want to delve more into the mythology, there's a lot of stuff to work with. Mm-hmm. One eighty McKinley McKinley the name McKinley, um, you know, because that it's the name of the school in or the name of the the school and the character in Final Destination three, and then it's the name of the raceway in Final Destination four. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in my opinion, this this film right here has the worst opening premonition scene oh in the franchise. God. The Speedway Crash is, is by far, in my opinion, yeah. the worst one. It's just terribly done. It's yeah. just really, really fucking bad. It just looks bad. Even even the like the the seats look like a set or something. It looks like it was just built. Like it looks awful. Yeah, it looks terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And another thing I noticed in this film, I don't know if you guys noticed, but uh, you probably wouldn't, but. Uh, They've got like just the most generic studio sounds put into this film. 
Like they literally <laughs> lifted. Like there's certain studios have they have like CD of sound effects and stuff and yeah. you know, like generics. But like you know, in certain films, you you can recognize certain screams and shit like that. Yeah. Like they have, I recognize so many sound effects in this film. I was like, "Fuck off, man!" It's like the public domain so sound effects. It was, man. It was really, really. Po- it was annoying the shit out of me because, of course, sound is a thing I used to do, and oh, it was, it was getting on my nerves, man. <laughs> it really was. I'm not gonna lie. So, but yeah. Oh. And how about the premonitions in this one when he he sees somebody's death? It's all like a CGI like 3D effect. It's so yeah. annoying. Yeah. It's so shitty, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah this whole this, movie is just garbage, garbage, this, garbage, garbage. This one made me like lo- like I I was expect I was this franchise was like dead to me like after this <laughs> one. I was like, "Oh, well they had three all right yeah. films." You know, but, but this one, you know, definitely uh, way down in quality, and I really, I'm surprised there was ever a fifth one. But it, because of yeah, because it made 187 million dollars at the box office. That's because they threw that fucking the Final Destination in there, and of course they doubled it up with 3D. Yeah, you know, so yeah, every and, fucking- and at this point, I mean, if you go to see a Final Destination, the first three, I mean, you're you're gonna walk out like enjoying your experiment uh, or your, your experience, even with final destination three it wasn't like super great but like i I still think that and and these are the films that kids go to right Mm -hmm. i mean the the ones that are all about the deaths that's that's Mm -hmm. friday the 13th right um so this one just it's garbage they they pulled they 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 pulled a fast one man they tricked them they tricked some people (laughs) this one definitely had it's ridiculous comedic scenes in it I, i mean Th- this How about is probably dragging the cross. <laughs> okay, okay th- this is literally what I'm getting at right now. I'm, you just, yeah. Um, but, I mean, like headlands on the lawn. I'm like, what the fuck funny. am I watching? This type of thing isn't funny, but it's funny how they did it because you know you got this redneck hillbilly. He's totally a racist, <laughs> and he's going to burn this cross on this black guy's lawn and he essentially totally fucks up hardcore but as he's going to put this thing into the ground um of course you know death is in action and turns the stereo on and the fucking song that comes on is let's be friends yeah. i fucking started laughing so hard i was yeah, like that so- song is it's so perfect for the scene but it's just so fucking ridiculous and then he gets like his death is so ridiculous yeah, man. yeah. I, I think that I think that it is possible that maybe uh, the creators were a bit aware that people were really just going to see the death, so they intentionally made the characters bland and un- unlikable. I mean, it's that's possible. It is possible. It's, it's yeah. I mean, it makes sense because yeah, these characters are obviously oh. by far the worst in the film. Oh, sure. How about when horrible. dude gets smashed by the bus? That was kind of funny, right? <laughs> Well, of course <laughs> and then when it happens again that's when it's really funny because he's like he's like oh wait and then it's just like <laughs> he can't do it yeah 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 so um this one is just poor in all the areas right i mean there's yes. nothing unique about it well, uh, this, it's this film to me is essentially part three but like on a shittier scale yeah because everything about this, this is film... full-blown shark jump yeah <laughs> Nice. I haven't heard that term in a while. Um, but yeah, it's essentially the same thing with the exact same outcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and absolutely no Tony Todd in this one. I mean, oh. not even like a cameo voice. No. Because you don't want to be associated with this shit. 
that's another thing I noticed. Like they didn't even they didn't even try in this film. You know, they didn't even try to put death into the it's fucking stupid. Yeah. Well, I do know that remember when I said the producer was on a podcast I heard? This was Adam Green's podcast actually. But he did say that they really dropped the ball on this one and it was just it was just no creativity and it was like let's pump another one out let's get it out there let's and it was just you know poorly thrown together with no real thought behind it yeah the one the one interesting thing that i thought that they did with this one because you know in final destination one all the survivors were uh friends um in part two they were complete strangers Mm -hmm. part three went back to like the high school kind of you know they're pretty much all friends and stuff like that and this one right here was kind of mixed yeah, it was. Right, it was like but, friends. But the thing the- is, you don't really know any of the, the – even the characters, the the non-friends, the, like you barely see them. Like you, mm-hmm. they just kind of die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, it's it's done horribly. <laughs> it's done horribly. Um, and like even – like there's certain scenes in this film that are so over the top and just – they're just done for comical relief, like for comic relief. Like mm-hmm. the part where the, where the chicks fight. <laughs> Where her eye pops out of her head and then gets run over. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what is this, Friday the 13th Part 3? Like, oh, I'm just like, man. what the fuck? I started laughing so hard. I'm just like, I will oh. say that the escalator, like, premonition death was pretty violent. Oh, yeah. It was brutal. But, yeah, you know, it's too bad that wasn't the actual death. Yeah. You know? But, eh. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I get like even in the premonition, actually the the scene which is I, I mean I guess it's kind of obvious to do it like that. They're they're in the theater watching a 3D film, which of course you're supposed to be watching in 3D. Yeah. And then the scene where you know there's an explosion on the screen is when you know behind the screen actually explodes explodes into them. You know it's kind of cool. I, I mean it's not really that creative, but you know. it reminds me of one of those jokes where you have to say get it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah totally um but yeah um fuck i don't i i i just just honestly don't know i I really don't know what to say about it's watchable right i mean there's some entertainment value there and you know i i you know there's parts of it that that you can enjoy but it's just such a huge step down Mm mm-hmm Yeah, it is a really, really big step down. <laughs> um, one thing, I, I think it was, I don't know, is it in Final Destination 4 where they have the the montage, or not the montage, but in the beginning of the film. In yeah, the they credits, do have the montage. Like, it, it, I know there's one in the end of the film, but in, in the opening credits, do they not kind of show yeah, some of the previous is. deaths it's too? Yeah, it is. Yeah. So that's actually, you know, that's, you know, a plus to the film. I thought that was actually kind of cool. And then, like, I call it the Freddy, the Freddy's Dead montage mm-hmm. at, at the end of the film where they show some uh, of the more unique kills and stuff. I, <laughs> but sadly enough, the, I mean, I like the beginning and the very end and everything in between was just fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Really? This is this is really the this should have been the abortion of the, straight, the franchise straight to DVD. Sounded yeah, like straight to it, it, it's quality. not it's not a good film. Ten, ten, ten uh, body count in this one, and just not a whole lot, man, going on. So, 
Yeah. Uh, ratings, Jeremy, uh, you go first again. Oh, fuck. Um, Just like death, it comes full circle. Three out of ten. It's fucking terrible, man. It has Loads. some. It has some entertaining oh, kills, sorry. but it's just. Um. Yeah, I'm just I'm just below at like four and a half out of ten. There's there's really <laughs> there's not a lot to this one. I seriously want to take a picture of this. <laughs> yeah, mine's four and a half also. Wow, that's really crazy. That's really crazy. Um, how did it get made? How the fuck did it get made? Well, I'll tell you exactly how it got made. The other ones performed. Yeah. Well, that's the fucking problem with Hollywood. Ah, we wouldn't have got we wouldn't have got all these awesome sequels. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. So, Final Destination Five, I guess. Uh, I can't believe I saw it was an IMAX. <laughs> Final Destination Five, and that is the bridge catastrophe yeah. yeah this one ruins the chain of events by coming out in 2011 yep only two years after yeah we're so due for another final destination film yeah i'm actually oh. quite surprised that uh that one isn't even coming out i see that it's been quite a while since your first consultation what made you decide to take the leap today a lot is going on in my life I don't want to miss anything. When we're done, you'll have perfect vision. Do you know what? My assistant's giving me an incomplete file. I'll be right back. Hold on, you're leaving? Is that supposed to be happening? the disaster and then one by one death comes for them all are you saying that we can't stop this there's an answer for everything it's kill or be killed nobody's safe So, Final Destination 5 follows a office employees who are on their way to some sort of retreat. They're in a bus. They park on a bridge. The lead character gets a premonition. The bridge collapses. They escape. Death is after them because they cheated death. <laughs> he then gets premonitions to, you know, skip. Does he get premonitions in this one? Can't remember. In the main character? Yeah, like, to, to skip. 
the people. Um, to skip the people? Um, no, I think they just kind of... No, because, <laughs> No, they get... Uh, I think they Tony, just go off the order or something. This no, time. it's because Tony. I think it's because Tony Todd, or yeah, because Tony Todd actually mentions to, <laughs> it randomly in this film too that you know he basically kind of hints to them that if you if you take someone out, this is where the, like the new rules of Final Destination come about, which essentially could have been there the whole time. Mm-hmm. It could have been, but he he basically hints to them and says that uh, you know death has a plan. Um, you guys aren't supposed to be here right now, but therefore, if you kill someone that is occupying space in this realm, you essentially take their spot in reality and you become, you know, you can live out their years and stuff like that. So, yeah, so it's this one, like if you kill somebody, yeah. yeah, if you kill somebody, you get what life they had left mm-hmm. um, in exchange because somebody has to die. That's that's the thing. Like, death. You was supposed to die. Yeah, so there's only so much to balance room. the books. Yeah, there's only so much room here, and you're not supposed to. So someone's got to go. Yep. Yeah. I I I'd like to see Tony Todd back. You know, I was pretty happy with that. It's like at least he, at least he came back. It seems like he gets more screen time than ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, Which is still I, not very much. Did no. you guys like? Did you guys like this whole chain of? Um, rules or i mean the yeah the, the changing of the rules and stuff i fucking loved it i thought it was yeah yeah, yeah. i cool, thought man. it added a whole new it's, element to it especially after you know part three and four being essentially the exact same movie this one was real fresh you know it just it, it kind of you know the best thing since part two um but yeah i remember when this one came out the trailer and stuff and i was just like ah, another like you i was still had the bad taste of part four in my mouth and i was like another one like they how did the, this one get get made you know the other one was terrible and then seeing it i was just so surprised because i was like wow they actually did something fresh with this series that has been doing the same thing for you know three films now or whatever so i was like i, I was i was really like blown away that they actually found a way to uh you know add something new spice up spice it up a bit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. like i think the critics liked it too i think this is like the first film in the whole series to get like a pretty positive review like i think it has like a 62 percent on rotten tomatoes which is pretty good it's the highest definitely of the whole series so you know mm-hmm. they must have been doing something right <laughs> yeah adding that you know uh you know, friends turning on each other angle like that. That I, they almost could have played it up a bit more if they started from the very beginning. You know, uh, it seems like they didn't really go down that road until the end of the film. But I will say, you know, um, the, an, another uh, layer peeled back on Tony Todd's character where he says, "You know, I've seen this before," mm-hmm. makes you think he is death, right? Because technically, you know, going into that territory, it's the first film right yeah and i'm a little confused about that line though too it is it is weird though isn't it no i don't think it i think it is if you well it is you weird don't because... think of tony todd as death but if he is death then of course he's seen it before mm-hmm. well i mean just well yeah i guess if you interpret it like that but if you're thinking about like the whole you know the the, the franchise and stuff essentially what this movie comes to be the timeline. the timeline and exactly what it is so essentially this is you know kind of the first like the way it comes full circle yeah so if you look at it like 
Um, so that's odd. Well, he said he's seen it before, but Alex's character from the original never talked to him yet. Then, mm-hmm. yeah, it would be weird. But if you, I think that line was thrown in there to add more to his character because once the reveal happened, you would be like, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. But then when you thought about it, it'd be like, oh, he's, you know, he's the character. He's death. He's, of course, he's seen it before. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think it was really intentional. I felt intention there. And no sh- shitty CGI. It, I remember, I remember watching this movie, you know, when it came out and being like, I'll never forget it when the the one character, um, fuck is this, the, the dude, the chef, the chef, um, where he's talking about getting an internship in in Paris, and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? What's up with Paris? You I was know, like, all these things connect. Like, I was what? like, no, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, where are they going with this? And then, you know, obviously, you know, the way it comes full circle with the whole Paris thing. Um, I really thought the end of this film was fucking awesome. Yeah, it definitely was. It really it was, was. It was cool, such man. a huge surprise. Yeah. And then you actually look back and it, and it makes sense because um, one of the banners in the uh, gym uh, gymnast room was from like 1994 or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so... But there's it, it lots made, of little subtleties, subtleties though. I mean, they're talking on cell phones that are flip phones. Yeah, and I, and you don't notice that right away, right? You you just like, oh, it's a movie cell phone, you know? They well, they, sometimes they don't use real. There is a scene know. where you know, Buddy, uh, she's basically telling uh, that fucking goof that was stealing shit off the dead people, <laughs> the guy <laughs> that dies by the Buddha head. Yeah. Um, she's like, you know, there's no cell phones here, and he kind of makes a point, and he he like literally makes a point of like snapping it, you know, back, you know. Um, yeah. Or folding up the phone. And I was like, oh, fucking snap. It's, it's the premonition. <laughs> so, yeah. Do you guys think this is the best premonition in the series? Or you still leave it to no, number two? No, two is definitely the best. But do you is, think this comes in second? This is second. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, it, with the exception of um, <laughs> the one guy that's hanging on that that and, lap. Yeah. The pipes, yeah. the, the pipes, pipes, and and the sheet metal. That was the rebar, the rebar that goes through him. Holy man, yeah, is that the, ever bad CGI? <laughs> I, this really the, bad. The main character gets hit with the the sheet metal too, which is also mm-hmm. bad. Mm-hmm. But besides mm-hmm. that, it's pretty a lot better than the Final Destination effect wise. Oh, yeah, a oh, lot yeah. better. <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of scary too. Yeah, I like the gymnastics scene. I think it's yes, very Hitchcock absolutely. Hitchcockian with building up suspense and things like that. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. can't believe i compared hitchcock to a final destination yeah, film yeah but i know what you mean how hitchcock will let the audience see yeah the problem but the characters don't see it yeah. so it it builds tension with the screw yeah i, I get it but called the bomb effect <clears throat> yeah it is <clears throat> i think the i think the montage was actually in this film it was at the end of wasn't five it? wasn't it I yeah wasn't it for yeah. i'm getting for some reason these two mixed up but i, I think it's actually um the end of this one but um yeah, I, I like this movie though. I mean, this one doesn't have the biggest body count. It's got one of the smaller ones, but I think everything's kind of. It's a solid Final Destination. Yeah, it's no, good. It, it really is. Yeah, it's yeah. the third best, which is pretty good. It's got it's got one of my favorite kills in the in the franchise. Same and, or it, deaths, it, has, it has my favorite death in the franchise. So, so, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, without giving everything fully away, I think the. The end of the movie is really strong. It's really fucking strong. Yeah, I, and I think the whole thing with you know um, with Peter trying to kill Molly at the end of the film was was a little insane. 
maybe a little yeah, over the top a, and stuff. A, li- a little bit, a little bit. It seemed a little odd off, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't have to be to go down like that. But, you know, besides like the little issues, I think as a whole, the film is actually pretty well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also one thing I, I just really quickly, I want to go back to part three. There was a, there was actually something that I remembered that I forgot to mention. And I was actually impressed at one of the shots in part three. And it's and it's when the girls die in the tanning bed and then it cuts to their caskets at that same top view. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, all right. <laughs> you know what? I, I didn't it's called a bird eye view, JP. <laughs> I didn't even take note of that, actually. That's interesting. And I, and I noticed another something thing about interesting between Final Destination 2 and Final Destination 3. Um, remember when they're driving on the highway and they pass the guy that's drinking – and on the side of the truck, it says "Drink responsibly." Yeah, well, I the, noticed that. <laughs> in the third film, there's the same thing that says "Drink responsibly." So it's like, th- th- do they take place in the same universe, or what's going on here? But, yeah, yeah, they absolutely do. Also, in mm. this film, there's a few throwbacks too. Yeah. Um. One, the log truck that you see that yep. uh, kills the cop in part yep. two. That's on it. the bridge. Yeah. And the picture of the girl has the same roller coaster. Uh, the picture that she drops off the desk and it cracks, mm-hmm. it's the roller coaster. Yeah. The devil, whatever yep. it's called. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are pulling all the shit up that I have written here. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I noticed a lot. I, th- I think there's, there's got to be more in there too. Yeah. Just, yeah. You know, have to really I, I love that stuff though, though, man. No. I love well, like, that's, that's like what callbacks. separates this one. That's what separates this movie because they did a good job. They paid attention to details and they threw in things, uh, you know, for us to actually discuss. <laughs> how about the guy who was the dick at work, right? You know that guy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. At his funeral thing in one of the pictures, it has the car from Final Destination 4 that like crashes or whatever in the in the main opening. Huh. I did not notice that. Yeah, yeah like I think he was the dri- he's like the driver of that car he or he was or something. That was he was like or he was a fan of that or something. Huh. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. So ratings everybody. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I'll go first since, you know, keep him with the order. I gave Final Destination 5 a 7 out of 10. Oh, dude, this is fucking bizarre. <laughs> That's exactly what I gave it. Seven out of ten. No fucking lies. I will literally show you that. I'll send you this right now. So that's, that's funny. I swear to God, I did not change any of my me ratings. Neither, me neither. I have them written down too. I gave it a seven out of ten. <laughs> so wow. I, so everything was the exact same, with the exception of part the abomination. Four. Yeah. Part four. Yeah. And, and part three, we're a half point off. Hmm. But uh, me and me and Mo- me and Moods had the same yep, on all of them. Yep, yep. That's crazy, dude. I think so we crazy. even had the same on Leprechaun, like up to like part like five or something. Hmm. So, we, <laughs> I think we beat our record. Is that mm-hmm. the one with Postmaster P? Yes. <laughs> Postmaster P. <laughs> get me started. All right. Uh, I can stop. Right. So I thought it. So I thought it would be fun after we discussed the Final Destination films to. To just give a brief top five list of our, uh, you know, of our favorite deaths from this from the series because, well, essentially that's what the series is really about. It's about watching the kills. Um, I'll go so, first. Okay, you can go. All right, number five, I have the weight crush from Final Destination Three. It's pretty <laughs> funny. Um, number four, I have the elevator death from Final Destination Two. 
Uh, number three, I have the Stifler decapitation from the first Final Destination. <laughs> it's just hilarious. I'm sorry. Um, number two, I have the drive-through kill from Final Destination three, and number one, I have the Buddha kill from Final Destination five. Hmm. Interesting. Yes. Modes. All right. Uh, in at number five, I have the <laughs> uh, the airbag death <laughs> <laughs> that fucking shit made me laugh final so destination hard two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah from final destination 2 uh number four i had the uh another kill actually from final destination 2 and that's the glass death um i loved it man i love that because it just happens to like the youngest kid and it's just Did it brutal. look like terrible cgi to you I don't. I mean, it wasn't that bad, but it was just fucking hilarious. It's just. I didn't even notice CGI yeah, in that, to I be honest. It. Fuck, it's just the way it happens. It's like <laughs> not a bad death. It just, it, it just, it just demolishes them. Yeah. It's brutal. It's so brutal. Um, number three is the uh, the uneven bars death from Final Destination Five. <laughs> the uneven bars. Which one's that? Which one when, six. To, oh. Yeah, when she hits the ground and breaks okay. in half. Okay. <laughs> Dude, it looks so fucking funny. Uh, number two was the uh, the fan uh, in the back of the head in Final Destination 4. Um, three. Three. Did I put four? That's oh, yeah, from three. Yeah. And uh, my favorite death in the front. This is probably probably a surprise, but it's just it really – I'll never – I. I literally rewound this part like a hundred times back in the day <laughs> watching this on Blu-ray over and over again, watching how it happened. It's hilarious, but it's the bus death from final destination one drop uh, dead. So, um, what's that? Right. Yeah, she says she, drop dead. Yeah. And then, and then she, she steps dies. off the curb and just gets demolished. <laughs> but it's funny when you watch it in slow-mo, if you do it frame by frame, soon as she steps off her body like explodes her head actually <laughs> blows off her neck <laughs> i literally one day was laughing so hard i must have rewound it a hundred times it's, it's by far my favorite because i just i've had the most fun with that death <laughs> that's funny uh, so jp yeah um number five is the uh, pipe death from final destination two Number four is the bus death from Final Destination 1. Uh, same reasons as modes. Uh, number three is the um, the uh, ladder death. And I like that one from the build-up the, in, in the Final Destination 2, the, the mm-hmm. first guy. Uh, number two is the... Hold up. It's the uh, the guy getting cut in half with the fence, the one that Jeremy didn't like uh, in Final Destination 2. And my number one is the gymnast death from Final Destination 5. Oh, so we all had, me and JP had Final Destination 5 as their number one kills. And Moods, you had it as number three. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, when she hits the ground, man, <laughs> fucking folds in half, man. Oh, it's brilliant. It's so yeah. good. Uh, 
Yeah, this was this was a fun yeah thing a franchise to do because there's I mean there's not really a whole lot to say about the films and but... and that's the thing you can't be super analytical about it but no they're fun movies and I mm-hmm. love them even part four I can watch just because it's part of the franchise and I just love I just I get excited if they announce a sixth one I'd be pretty hyped because they're just fun to watch. Yeah. You're you're just wondering what kind of crazy shenanigans they're getting into, laser eyes and surgery <laughs> and stuff, you know? What I mean like it, it's you just want to see and and they each time they not every time, but usually they expand the mythology a little bit and they add add some rules and I and I mm-hmm. like it. Mhm. Yeah, I agree. Um Yeah, so next week uh uh the battery? <laughs> yeah. Is it, are we we're doing the battery next week? Yeah. Okay. I actually didn't know. So yeah. So I guess we're doing the battery for anybody out there that wants to check out that film. So you know what we're talking about when you're listening. So yep. yeah. And uh, yeah, Jeremy, you want our first show in October? Yeah. It is going to be the first show in October. Indeed. All right. So I hope everybody has enjoyed this episode. It was a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of fun. Um, I think we all enjoyed talking about the Final Destination series. So, of course, this was the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast. If you want to follow the man himself, Mood616, you could do so at youtube.com slash mood616 or click the subscribe button right down below this video. Of course, I am Jeremy, a.k.a. NESRuler22, a.k.a. the man who doesn't know that Sweden is in Scandinavia. You can follow me on my channel <laughs> at youtube.com slash ruler 22 and as always if you want to follow jp aka the man whose fucking steelers lost to the tampa bay buccaneers you can follow him at youtube.com slash double shot j and as always if you have any questions you could email us at the 22 shots of moods and horror and at 22 shots of moods and horror at gmail.com that's a and d not the and symbol and as always you can listen to us at the devil's eyes.com you could always tweet us at at 22 shots podcast so that should be it folks for this week's episode of the 22 shots of moods and horror podcast as always we'll be back next week with the battery and as always everyone have a good rest of their week and we shall talk to you guys again next tuesday with the new episode of the 22 shots of moods and horror podcast everyone have a good rest of your week yeah 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 peace